We're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're scum. Oh no. Oh no. Oh yes. Now won't this be interesting? It's go time, bitch. This program contains mature subject matter. Including maladjusted youth, masochistic hillbillies, and the excitement of the price is right. It may be deemed inappropriate for our younger viewers. Viewer discretion advised. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. <laughs> this show is behind the shem shemmers. Yes, it seems. I'll give you a choice. Either put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. Yeah, it's a nasty scheme. You maniacs! What is a man? What is BTS? When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance of this. Your patience is wearing thin. So, where do you uh, work, Peter? In a tech. And yeah, what, what do you do there? I sit in a cubicle, and I update bank software for the 2000 switch. What's that? Well, see, they wrote all this bank software, and uh, to save space, they used two digits for the date instead of four, so like 98 instead of 1998. Uh, so I go through these thousands of lines of code, and uh, it doesn't really matter. I, uh, I don't like my job, and uh, I don't think I'm going to go anymore. You're just not going to go? Yeah. Won't you get fired? I don't know. But I really don't like it, and uh, I'm not going to go. <laughs> so you're going to quit? Nuh-uh. Not really. Uh, I'm just going to stop going. <laughs> uh, when did you decide all of that? About an hour ago. Really? Yeah. About an hour ago. <laughs> so are you going to get another job? I don't think I'd like another job. <laughs> what are you going to do about money and bills and... You know, I've never really liked paying bills. I don't think I'm going to do that either. <laughs> uh, well, so what do you want to do? I want to take you out to dinner. And then I want to go back to my apartment and watch Kung Fu. Do you ever watch Kung Fu? I love Kung Fu. Channel 39. Totally. You should come over and watch Kung Fu tonight. Okay. Great. Okay. Can we order lunch first? Yeah. We're just going to stop going to work, too. This is episode 130 of Behind the Schemes for 12-12-2022. Oh, look at that. We get the two and the four digits. And, uh, yeah, this is Booberry, Black Knight of the Mothman. And all the way from the Brev Coast where we, too, love Kung Fu. My name is Lavish. 
Yeah, I was going to say something about making a Channel 39 debut. You want to come back to my apartment and watch Kung Fu? Fuck yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's order lunch first. Yeah. Let's order lunch first. God, I love that show. You ever watch Kung Fu? Mm-hmm. The OG, the original David Carradine. So good. Yep. Yep. Um, we had a whole summer of watching old uh, Dave, David Carradine. Uh, in that mix was Death Race 2000, which is not a kung fu movie per se, but it's still an excellent watch. Death Race, is that the one with, that was like a Rodriguez-Tarantino mashup or something like that? Mm-mm. This one's from the 70s. It stars a super young Sylvester Stallone, probably oh. one of his first roles. Uh, oh, so it's a porno. Okay. <laughs> Basically. You got me. <laughs> No, I'm really amazed I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's uh, David Carradine's in it. It's all about, it, it's a cross-country race in cars. I like it. And there's uh, you can earn points along the way. Oh, so is it like uh, Rat Race or Mad, Mad, Mad World or one of those types of movies where a bunch of people are trying to cross the country? Yeah, to win the prize. and To uh, win the prize. Yeah, you can... You can um, <laughs> it's it's such an awesome like trashy 70s b kind of cult film highly mm. recommend it there's this scene where they uh so you can earn certain points for the type of people that you run over during the race <laughs> okay and uh a fan favorite of this hospital is coming by right so they they take all of the uh elderly folks uh, elderly patients and they set them up in a line in front of the hospital <laughs> Oh, perfect. <laughs> they gave him the old Cuomo treatment. Yeah, exactly. The old Cuomo treatment. Give him the old Cuomo. All right. I like it. I got to check this out. And that, that should be our transcript for, for tonight. I like it. Is that movie there? Death Race 2000? Is that what, you, is that what it was called? Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, there's a really problematic scene with uh, Sylvester Stallone. He slaps the shit out of somebody. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Potential show art. I must see this. Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. And nothing to cancel us off of. So <laughs> that's right. Value for value. Yeah, that's the way it works. As long as the power's on, we're on. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Yeah. Well, as long as there's an internet connection, get, get us some electricity. That's right. We're all over the world. No paywall. No bullshit. You can listen to us anytime, anywhere. Feel free. Yeah, we got uh, we got a note from a producer out of uh, he was from Mexico, but he's he's recently moved to the to the U.S. and he sent mm-hmm. us an email. I'm excited to get into. So, yeah, very very cool email from a producer coming through. Yep, with some good music. Mm-hmm. Interesting music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you uh, you drew tonight's tarot card. I certainly did. I drew it from the the uh, the David Bowie deck, uh, the uh, the David D'Angelis deck, the Starman Tarot. Tonight I drew the Ten of Swords, which uh, is a somewhat dreaded card. It's kind of a kind of a, a a more brutal card, and we've gotten it before. Mm-hmm. I believe that we got it when uh, Servo drew that Peter Griffin Ten of Swords. <laughs> yeah, they're all sticking out of uh, Peter's back after he. I think it's the one where he falls down the stairs or something. Yeah, exactly. He's in his old broken up 
deal and, and he's got the ten swords in him. So that was a that's an old throwback from Servo. So the ten the ten of swords we've had before, it's generally shown as a guy on the right or weight, it's shown as a man on the ground with ten swords uh plunging into him from the sky, kind of on a battlefield. It's supposed to invoke an image of suffering or of battle weariness or of failure. Um on this deck, however, we have from the book that comes with the deck, we have a description of not only the the card and the concept of the card, but of the art itself, which is made by this DeAngelis character. Uh, the header on the page says, I must evolve. This is the thesis statement of the Ten of Swords. I must evolve. Uh, it usually depicts a person, as I said, lying on the ground impaled by ten swords. Uh, it indicates sudden or unexpected failure or disaster. However, Angelis has chosen a different visual interpretation. A blow from life is being delivered with immediate ferocity, and there is no way to avoid its full force. There is no time for pain or regret, and in this very instant we must accept full responsibility for everything in our life. Our previous life has now ended. Only then can we shed the skin of our old life and become master of our own destiny. It's a very phoenix, uh, you know, rising from the ashes type of card. Uh, in the artwork we see, so the artwork is like two individuals coming from this sort of like Saturn cube type of uh, shape that's sitting on like a tree trunk. It, it's, there's, there's a lot going on. It kind of feels like a device. Like there's nothing specifically that stands out saying in, in the artwork that this is like a mechanism, but it kind of feels like a like an object that does something. Yeah, like a factor, piece of factory gear or something. Yeah, there you go. And the, the background kind of promotes that as well, because it almost looks like a bookshelf or like a like a, an archive or some sort of a place of learning. And you've got the two images. One of them on the left is like a, like a, a stockier version of Ziggy Stardust. He has the Ziggy Stardust hair and the, and the face paint. But he's kind of like bulked out. And then the other one is is the one who's receiving the most swords. And it almost looks like a sort of Christ-like figure. Uh, he's shirtless and he has long brown hair. And he seems to be uh, taking most of the suffering of the blades. So the image of Christ is, is brought up here. And it seems to be a sort of duality of man image. Yeah, touching fingertips like that. Yeah, yeah, very um, Michelangelo. I like the uh, the the Ziggy character. He's he's finger banging a lightning bolt out of his out of his hand, and he's uh, yeah blown a couple of swords in two. That's right. It's it's the willpower. That's the way I interpret it. Is it's like the the part of you that overcomes this sort of thing, and he's kind of give him the side shot, the pew pew. I hear me out. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little weird here, but what if Ziggy here is this like sort of. Uh, past life character and he's got the ability to deflect all of these swords and it protects him but this Christ-like figure you know this person that you eventually become ends up receiving all of these swords because Mr. Ziggy here is uh, deflecting them I think that's a perfectly valid interpretation I like that yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's all kinds of ways. And then they have like this weird little dog thing on the left under the Bowie character, like a little yellow alligator dog or something. That's an anvil. 
Oh, it's an anvil. Yeah. Oh, you're right. It is. It's an anvil. The uh, it's got spikes on the horn for some reason, but uh, yeah, I thought those were teeth or something at first. But you are correct. Huh. It's a lovely card, lovely deck. Uh, let's see. Does the book have anything else? Oh, he talks about it here. Uh, the other figure is stronger, capable of defending himself. He sends a bolt of energy to halt the impending fall of the sword. The genie essence illustrates the phenomenon that despite being magical and powerful and able to grant wishes, genies hide in the niches and nooks of the world in lamps and containers. They only emerge for people worthy and curious enough to find them. Interesting. And I, uh, I got something from Labyrinthos to cap it off. The Ten of Swords depicts a situa- uh, that situation where your mentality is, quote, poor me. You feel like there is nothing you can do. Pause and remember that as with the death card, the end of something means a new beginning. Let go of what you have lost and focus on the new path forward because that is where your life is meant to go. Indeed. And this card very much is in the vein of the death card. Very much so. It's probably the most death death card other than the death card. Because mm. um, it just... You literally have a guy being impaled. There aren't a lot of other cards in the deck that traditionally show someone being violently assaulted uh, and then stabbed with the sword even less so. You've got maybe the five of wands. You've got a couple other cards here and there. But even the death card, you don't have anyone who's being physically assaulted. You just have death present on horseback. So this is a very violent card and and it, yeah, it means rough rough tidings, but it also means stark awakenings and there's a freedom that comes with the death of something. Yeah, and there's only uh <laughs> there's only one thing this makes me think of. Welcome to your doom. <laughs> well. <laughs> Hit me with the banjo though. Yeah. See, that comes after the, the sad part. Mm-hmm. You, you have the death, and you have the sad part, and then you have the, you hope, and you're back in the game. Yeah, actually, it actually goes, Welcome to your doom. And then you get the Christ rebirth. And you're all risen. Yeah, you rise from your grave. <laughs> rise from your grave. Yeah. Buddy of mine just got over some sickness today. All My nice. cousin. And I sent him that. <laughs> the <laughs> rise from your grave or welcome to your tomb? <laughs> the rise from your grave. He's, he says, ah, finally getting over the sickness. And I said, I'm just the five second clip. Rise from your grave. Nice. Well done. It's applicable for so many situations. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, should, uh, should save that on our phones and make it a quick access button. <laughs> Someone's texted me five times and I haven't texted him back. The fifth text, rise from your grave. <laughs> I like it. If uh, if you want to check out that tarot card that Lavish pulled tonight, he's got it posted up at the top of our show notes, which is over at zosascorner.substack.com. Uh, it's, it's a Substack newsletter that you can sign up. There's all sorts of uh, show notes and artwork and producer credits and links to the intermission inter, uh, opening and closing clips all sorts of crazy stuff is in there mm-hmm, yeah just said we got the producers listed we got links to everything links to our uh, t-shirts we got merch we got stuff like that i've got more shirts in the mail recently that i'm very excited about 
And there's just like images and stuff too. There's a there's a visual element to the podcast as well that we do through zososcorner.substack.com. And this again being episode 130 on uh, December 12th, 2022. Yeah, we do the show every Monday night. You can check us out over at badradio.live. Uh, we usually try and get started as close to 7.30, 9.30, Eastern, respectively, as we can. And uh, make sure you're... This is pretty good about it. Yeah, you know, we're we're within, like, the 15-minute window, typically. More, yeah. More often than not, like, the five-minute range. We, we've both worked in the, in the industry, and punctuality is, is very important, you know. You can't have the audiences sitting around in the playhouses. We got a they show get, to do. They get angsty. The show must go on. Rule number one. <laughs> uh, what else do we got? Uh, Spook.social. Uh, you m- may have seen some interruptions with it today. The storage is actually full. So we got to figure out what we want to do and how to proceed with it. And then. Uh, yes. We'll, yeah, we'll have to figure that out. But in the meantime, if you're interested in trying something new, uh, maybe a new social media platform other than Twitter or something like that. You can check us out. We have a Mastodon instance, spook.social. You just go to spook.social. You can sign up and be part of another branch of the internet that maybe you aren't familiar with. One of the better branches. Yes. It's thriving. It's growing. It's it's thickening. It's a robust branch. Yes. It's quite robust. Yeah. It branches out pretty far. All sorts of crazy stuff. Crazy people posting crazy things. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else do we got? Um, there is the... Oh, I did get a couple of uh, BTS shirts in the mail. Uh, the NPR one. I got the Dare behind the schemes shirt. And then the... My favorite. Yeah, the Gal. You got Gal in the back. You got the Gal. Nice, mm-hmm. nice. Very cool. Very cool. I just got a couple in myself. I got the Redacted uh, shirt. And I also got the uh, the They Live Oh, nice. <laughs> Just got those, so very excited. And then I've been wearing a lot. I've been wearing my Hunter Biden uh, Kaiju shirt. <laughs> and I Hunter Biden storms the mini-ocalypse. <laughs> Hunter Biden, five stories tall, naked, <laughs> trampling through the city of the metropolis, yes. The center of crack cocaine and drinking a quart of vodka around the clock. That's right. He's got a crack pipe the size of a fucking eighteen wheeler. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And he's coming. And I'll I'll be wearing this shirt, and it's just so funny. It's this big shirt with with hunters just sweaty, drugged out, naked on it, half naked. You can't see his dick. And uh, and I just have it on all the time, and I'll like go out with it. And people will be like, who is that? <laughs> and I'll be like, you don't know? Oh, you haven't read the news? Oh, you don't? Are you not? Do you not know about our president? Are you the president? Are, current president? Are you Are you ill-informed? Um, you should probably read some news and stuff, because this guy. Yeah. He's <laughs> the guy. real deal. <laughs> this guy's like the guy, like the guy that we have been waiting for. Or when they say, uh, the laptop isn't real, as they look at my shirt of an image of him from the laptop. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> and gotta love interactive merch. 
Yeah, we got all kinds of good stuff. <laughs> the Hellfire Club shirts, all the shirts are great. Uh, big shout out to Make Heroism and Mary Kate Ultra for uh, facilitating that and for being just overall awesome. Yeah, they had a promo going. You could send them a DM at the uh, BTS shop handle on Spook.Social. Mm-hmm. But with it being down, I'm not sure if they uh, were able to declare a winner today or not. Uh, you can get $10 off. $10, yeah, $10 off. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's not bad, especially with, you know, they don't just have shirts. They got hoodies. They got jackets. I did lose I guess some pretty I, serious shit. I, I did lose a couple of buttons in the mail. Possibly, they were supposed to show up, but uh, I there were a couple of stickers and magnets. I also think uh, got lost somewhere, but that's okay. That's okay. I haven't lost a shirt. Every shirt I've ordered has come through. So that's not that's not accurate. You have lost a T-shirt. I lost a T. I didn't lose it. I gave it away. But that is yes. I gave it away to to Bizzle. If Bizzle is listening right now, hopefully you've you've got the shirt near you, at least within a mile proximity of you. <laughs> a mile's good. Yeah, a mile's fine. Yeah, that's that's a good distance. Any more than a mile, I'm offended. But like, less than a mile, no. Yeah, less than a mile. Like you could still theoretically run back and get back to where you were within a decent yeah. amount of time. If I can, if I if you can get to the shirt before I can get to you, then you're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, yeah man. that was that's a that was a that was the mtv bts uh bro tank the bro tank yes in cyan yes that was a beauty a beauty of a shirt i must replace it post haste post hastening yes uh the last thing i was uh that we got a shout out is well first you had a little uh guest appearance on a show this past week. I think it dropped today, if I'm not mistaken. I, it did drop today, and I have a link in the show notes at zososcorner.substack.com. But yes, I had the rare um, honor of being one of a very select few amount of people who who guest-hosted or co-hosted Rare Encounter with Abel Kirby and Cold Acid, which is uh, live uh, every Wednesday, I believe. Every Wednesday at around five ish uh, Pacific time. Yeah, six o'clock Central, seven p.m. Eastern. That's correct. Uh, so I was on there with them. A cold acids internet was on the fritz. So Abel Kirby uh, asked me to come on as a sort of last minute deal, and I was able to do it. And I had, we had a great time. And I was glad to to get him back because I owed him one because I was out last week. And he was able to guest with you. Uh, he was able to co-host on BTS 129. So I, 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 in my heart, I felt like I owed him one. And when he asked me to be on the show, I was happy to oblige. And we had a great time. So thank you. Thank you, Abel. And, uh, and much love to Cold Acid as well. I tried to channel, because um, Cold Acid and I were both, you know, perverts. <laughs> so... I was trying to just channel that and be that aspect of the show because you know Abel Kirby he plays a great straight man he really does he's a <laughs> like you know in a, in the classic sense he's just like whoa 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 we shouldn't be talking about anime titties and Cold Acid's like why not oh what are we even doing on this show 
<laughs> the whole clown thing. I loved it when when he's, he's doing the clowns, and every every week Abel would be like, "All right, enough of the clowns. No more clowns. The clown stuff ends now." And the next week it would be like, "Well, we have another we have another story about clowns." <laughs> Look at the clown. Look at the clown. Look at the clown. Look, Look at the, the clown. clown. Look at the clown. Clown terrorism, and, dog. It's no good. That's what, I'm, that's what I mean, dog. Look at the clown. It's not the clown on the outside that counts. It's the clown on the inside. It's the clown that I'm inside <laughs> that counts. Look at the clown. I think we've got to do something about this clown. Look at the clown. <laughs> oh, uh, oh You can go see it. You can listen to that. As I said, the, the link's in there. You can go check it out. <laughs> and you can hear me talk about Calgary gals and and uh, cosplayers, all the things that I w- would o- only expect to talk about on Rear Encounter. Yeah, episode one twenty five. Calgary, Calgary girl, uh, gals are easy. Calgary gals are easy. Oh, is that the name of the? Is that what they <laughs> yeah. named it? Calgary gals are easy. <laughs> nice. Yeah, with that tussy fever. Uh, I love Canadian ladies. Can ladies, Canadian ladies, Canadians. Anyway, enough of enough of that song for you. You can always check that out. Zososcorner.substack.com. And when you go to listen to that episode, make sure it's something from nudepodcastapps.com, whether it be Podverse Fountain, Curiocaster, there's no shortage of them. Just not Spotify or Apple or Google. Uh because you're you're denying yourself. I was thinking yeah. about that today. You are there is exclusive content on this show, goddammit, and the only way that you can get it is by downloading a new fucking app <laughs> and yeah. checking us out in it. That's it, right. I mean, if we don't have paywalls, we it's a, it's really an effort wall, Yeah, if man. anything. And both of us being from entertainment, we understand the importance and the value of labor because having, having hands that are involved can either make or break your day. And we want, to make, we want to make all of your days with all of these shows. Every single fucking one of them. Mm, that's it. Nice. God, it's just like Breath of the Wild, but with goats. I'm not paying you to publish cockamamie conspiracy theories. In fact, I'm not paying you at all. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Eat shit. Do a commercial. You're off the artistic roll call. Every word you say is suspect. You're a corporate whore. And uh, end of story. Put on your 3D glasses now. There's four seconds of a pain. Boost me all night long. Hit me with that telephone number. That telephone number. Is 612-263-7999. It's there, toll free. You can call it. You can text it. We are waiting to hear from you. We would love to hear from you. We know it's in there. It's way in your tummy, (laughs) that phone call. Bust it out. Let Let us hear it. Yeah, we'll reach for that phone call in your tummy either through the top or the bottom. Mm, whichever is your preference. <laughs> we want to be respectful. That's true. Uh, I don't dare. Uh, I'm a coward. But if I were to scream, I'll scream something like the scream from 
Angel of Death. You know, his player. That's a good screen. Mm. Anyway, Mr. Ed here. Finally called. Been listening for a lot for a while. I was meaning to tell you, I couldn't write this in a email because I would have had to send clips and honestly I don't I'm I don't I'm not very well versed in in the clipping the art of making clips. I'm a newbie in all of this. But here's a scheme you might like to get behind. Well, it's just I suggested it to the no agenda people, but I guess as John T. Dvorak said, Jordan Peterson is too long winded, but he's the only one that I've seen that he interviewed this guy, uh, Randy Thornhill. He wrote this book called, Jesus, I'm blanking on his fucking name. Uh, yeah, Randy Thornhill wrote the book called The Parasite Stress Hypothesis and the theory of enculturation, or something like that. Anyway, that's, that, you can look at it like that. The, the parasite stress hypothesis and something about enculturation by Randy Thornhill. Or you can look the Randy Thornhill interview by in the Jordan Pearson podcast. And if you just fast forward all the way to, the, like I think, minute 45 or something like that, then they start talking about the parasite stress hypothesis, and Randy, Randy Thornhill is this uh, psychologist, uh, evolutionary psychologist, and behavioral psychologist, who 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 pretty much found out about this uh, correspondence that exists in between the perceived notion of a certain. Uh, uh, pathogen, uh, and, 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 and how this influences very intensely, but in a very clear manner, uh, uh, with very clear patterns, uh, the, the, the in-group, out-group perception creating like a, like I would say a very, very specific case of, or, or type of, of, uh, Mob mentality, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, collective psychosis. Ah, geez, if you hear me startle and go, oh, slow Ah, yes, thank uh, you, caller. Cut, and, did you get cut off? Yeah. Uh, it looks like he does have a uh, follow-up here. Um, but before we play that, I did find what he was referencing, the parasite stress theory of values and sociality. Uh, infectious disease history and human values worldwide and a little blurb about it uh, builds a revolutionary theory that human evolution is subject to parasite and disease stress that shapes human qualities as personality political tendencies and uh, pro prospendency oh god uh, uh, towards re religiosity <laughs> yeah it's a lot of uh, academic words there yes uh, is the parasite a physical parasite or is it a like a conceptual parasite? Uh, comprehensive coverage of the topic and its underpinnings in wide scope, including value systems, mate choice, political preference, personality, religious, religiosity, and economics. Um, I'm not sure to tell you the truth. 
Um, it's a, what I'm looking at right now, the human behavioral immune system. Now, that's a fucking tricky little thing. Because they're not talking about your actual immune system. They're talking about your behavioral immune system. So, it leads me to believe that it's psychological as opposed to, like, an actual parasite. Like, is it, Because that could very well be something if parasites evolved over time. Physical ones, like fungal parasites or worms or whatever. Yeah, the, but, ca- uh, the uh, cat pee ones. Yeah, which I'm sure is it's... That's that's but that's different, I think, than what they're talking about here. Psychological traits and manifest behaviors uh for avoiding contact with the infectious diseases. How about that? Now that's uh that's big right now. A lot of uh, our culture is based around this psychological threat of getting sick or getting other people sick. So does that apply? Possibly. It's a mind virus, no doubt. It's definitely a mind virus. Yeah, like the meme, like a game, like the ah oh, shit. I just lost. I just lost. Um, you just lost. Yeah. Uh, test an ecological and evolutionary theory that the causes of human values, the core beliefs that guide people's cognition and behavior, and their variation across time and space around the world. We call this theory the paras- parasite stress theory of values, or the parasite stress theory of sociality. I like this. Hmm. An interesting postulation. It did make me think back to episode 61 of MoFax with Adam Curry, uh, Mark My Words, and they ended up discussing towards the end of the episode uh, what what are the chances of scientists figuring out a way to uh, essentially vaccinate against religious tendencies. And they were playing mm, some Richard I Dawkins. I remember this. Yeah, Richard Dawkins type stuff. Uh-huh. How do we inoculate people against religious fervor? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Let's uh, let's continue on. This shit hang out for me. I guess I I went too long. I'm sorry. I just you can. I'm 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 English is not my native language, so I'm I'm trying to keep up with the words and trying to put the ideas together. But yeah, that was the thing. Just if you ever heard about it, or if you yeah, I don't know. Want to pay attention to that. I, I, the, the thing that I was thinking about is that how specific this works in this human psychology and at the same time how you have the media always pushing the narrative of pathogens. And, well, yeah, I'm starting to be nervous that I'll be cut off again. Uh, yeah. But, so that's the thing. Now he's on his toes. <laughs> If you guys want to check it out, uh, it'd be something that you guys can handle or know how to play, or, you know, it's interesting, or at least something to think about. Anyway, thank you for everything, and I called. I called again. Yeah, I had to do it. I I had to fucking do it, man. Anyway, thank you. Mr. Ed here. Thank you, caller. Yeah, always go to the light. Even if it kills you. And remember that in the presence of the light, the self will always cast a shadow. Uh, peace. That's right. Such a good line. A good good mentality. I actually have it uh, pulled up here. And uh, always go to the light no matter if it kills you. But remember that in the presence of light, the self will always cast a shadow. The brighter the light, the darker the shadow. 
Yeah. And think about it this way. Like, if you if you ain't casting a shadow, you got bigger problems. <laughs> or smaller ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the duality, I think. The, the notion of duality in ancient schools, hermeticism, all that, I think is summed up very well in that idea, that phrase that that the light casts a shadow. No matter what in, intention you put out there, there will be a universe that will react to that intention in an equal or less than capacity. Equal to or less than. Uh, not Newtonian, per se, but I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. The um, And the, the voicemails, they usually only go about two and a half, three minutes long, uh, Mr. Ed, so... Yeah, I think it cuts off at three sharp. So, three minutes is a good while. I mean, you can get two through, for sure. Uh, and by that, I mean, if you get cut off the first time, don't worry about it, the second call. You, you know, six minutes is a lot. Yeah. We will play them, by God. We will. We play them all. Yeah. We will play them all. Um, I do have a couple of boosting And text, grams. too, by oh, the way. Yeah. We, think- should, we should remind people. Let me check. No, we have a no. text line. Yes. <laughs> no. Yes. No. Yes. No. no. <laughs> yes. We do. We do have a text line. You can text that number 612-263-7999. And no, we do not have any as it stands now. Well, you can text us again. 612-263-7999. Uh, we do only have a handful of boostograms uh, from this past week. So we can go ahead and bust those out. We had, Bust them. We had 6666 from Servo saying one for the groat. And that was uh, as we were playing out last uh, last Monday night. Thank you, Tom. Tom Servo. And then we had 16680, so 16,680 sats from NA Millennial. And he says, Lavish is sounding quite fruity this episode. Oh, I think that was referencing when Abel was on last week. Oh, I see. I see. Because that's Abel's uh, catchphrase. Stay fruity, boys. Yeah. The delicious. Mmm, <laughs> delicious. Uh, yes, delicious. Shout out to Nam and shout delicious. out to, uh, to, to Nurse. Nurse Elise. Shout out to Nurse and everybody out there. Ciao, bless. Yeah, MMO.show every Tuesday on the No Agenda stream. That's right, MMO.show, the Millennial Media Offensive. A very, very good show that uh, Nam hosts with Dahaojin. Check it out. Yeah, and they got a chat, too. Hashtag MMO. And we have a chat. Oh, my God. IRC.zero.net. Hashtag That's right. That's right. Uh, If you go to trollroom.io, does that lead to the main Kiwi link for them? For the No No Agenda channel, yes. Oh, I, I, I typed it in and it just leads straight to the No Agenda uh, stream and chat page. But then it has the it has the Kiwi built in right here at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, if you're having trouble, we see we operate on an IRC uh, uh, chat room. We operate in an IRC chat room, an internet relay chat chat room. And uh, if you want to get in there, but you, you're having trouble figuring out exactly what that is, just go to our website, BehindTheSchemes.com. And there should be a link into the Kiwi there. You can figure that out. You just put in your nickname, whatever name you want. Don't even need a password. Just roll right in there. 
<laughs> or at hashtag green room. Uh, let's, um, let's get into some content here. Let us, uh, would you like to roll? I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to do a D20. We're, okay. We're, we're going to do, uh, lowest will go first. Lowest goes first. Yeah, D20. You want to get real, real low there, son. Oh, get low, get low, get low, get low. Give that little sweetheart a little bit of love. Give that sweetheart a little bit of love. Wow, roll the dice. Roll the dice. In another world, I would have crushed you beneath my boot. I would have crushed you like a little worm you are. I would have crushed you like the worm you are. <laughs> you do this one voice. You do the... <sighs> this voice. Uh, I'm, I'm a little too lubed up for it at the moment. <laughs> yeah. But when you're drinking coffee. When you've had, you know, when you smoke two packs and, you've, and you're on your third cider, you, you know, you, you let it rip and it's funny. Anyway, uh, let's uh, continue on. So what'd you get? A 19. Oh, you would have crushed me <laughs> like a little worm uh, under yes. your boot. Yes, I would I, have. I got a 10. Oh, not bad. Not bad. He's right still down win. the middle. Yeah, you still win. Uh, uh. That's the way that cookie crumbles. <sighs> and the cookie does crumble. Oh, the gimp. Oh, you like that? Oh, Carolyn just boosted the gimp. Dirty. And uh, we, I, we should actually mention Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer gave us a nice little give that sweetheart a little bit of love from uh, Jim Jones. Uh, he boosted 2874 sats from Fountain. Thank you. Thank Reverend Dr. Love. And then Carolyn Blaney, the wonderful Carolyn Blaney of The Hog Story, which is live every Monday night at 5 Pacific, 7 Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, at hogstory.net. Carolyn boosted 8888, boosted that gimp for the voices. There's four seconds of a uh, pain. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. Uh, Thank you, Carolyn. We appreciate that. For the yes. voices indeed. They, uh, they, they were on today. They had a good show today. And uh, they're playing all kinds of video game music. And they were talking about video games, which is cool. And Carolyn, we got a sneeze out of her. We actually got two. So, yeah, you I've, could say it's a good day. I've played one of those virtual boys, and it is tur- uh, torturous. It torturous. Is not a good experience. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, it's, it's painful. Uh, they had a display set up in Japan when we went there in Akihabara. They, um, huge. Steed wanted to give the gimp some 8888 from Bully Steed. It is on for the gimp via fountain. Oh, it's gonna be one of those nights. Oh, the gimp's gonna get it good tonight. Uh, but yeah, they had a in one of the game stores, they had uh, uh, an old um, you know how they used to have display models for video game consoles you can go up there and play? Yeah, it was a retro, retro stand, and it is, it is not a fun experience. <laughs> Why not? It was just jarring. It's 
Well, it's tiny flashing red LEDs strapped to your face. So think the so Oculus- it just tortures tortures yeah. you. Yeah, that's like what the Russians put on their prisoners in in their prisons. They put on these old Japanese face masks. Gimpy. Oh, <laughs> uh, we, we got Gimpy all riled up now. Yeah, I know. It's all right. Uh, you give a mouse a piece of cheese. <laughs> I'll tell you. Uh, uh, I will tell you. What uh, What do you got for tonight? I I'm going to boost the Gimp actually real quick uh, because he deserves it. Oh my uh, goodness. Yep, that's right. It, the the phone call came from within the house. I brought some literature tonight. I I was given uh, some books. There you go. That's for you, Gimpy. That's for you, Gimpy. He needed it. He needed it. He wanted it. He needed it. I needed it. He wouldn't have needed it if he didn't dress that way. Hey, no. Listen. No. He wouldn't have been asking for it if he didn't put those clamps on his nips. Yep. But he, he did, so... I, actually, I did. Here we are. I, I did that. Uh, right. Well, you know, tomato, tomato, whatever. You, <laughs> you did it. He did it. Potato, I stuck the Christmas tree <laughs> in my ass. Like, whatever. Even <laughs> <laughs> in the Christmas spirit. <laughs> I got a couple, uh, couple pieces of, of literature uh, recently. Uh, I will thank... Properly in the second second half of show, Private Browsing, Ooh. who's a freak of hazard for tonight, she gave me two copies, or I should say two volumes, of Man, Myth, and Magic. And uh, for anybody who may listen to the show will know that Booberry and I are now currently in the business of collecting these. Uh, the MKs gave us a couple, and, and we liked them so much that now we're just on the prowl. Whenever we can find some, we get some. And Private Browsing knew this and gifted me Volume 1 and Volume 2 of Man, Myth, and Magic. So that's cool. So I have that. But then I also have uh, another book that I, that I found. One of the oldest cookbooks in, in history. Oh. It's called. Yes. It goes all the way back to ancient Rome. Uh, it's called Apicius's The Art of Cookery. Uh, from Britannica, the uh, the man himself that it's attributed to, and people think that this guy, he was a real guy, but he probably didn't write this book. It was probably a collection of cooks of the era that kind of put it into writing. And then it was given the name after Marcus Gavius Apicius, who lived during the reign of Tiberius uh, between 14 and 37 B.C., uh, Apicius uh, went to great lengths. He was a he was a well known uh, kind of glutton and, and gourmand, and uh, he was a wealthy merchant that apparently squandered all of his fortune on just trying to have the best food in the world. He once reportedly sailed all the way to Libya for prawns, uh, and he returned home uh, dissatisfied with his experience. <laughs> <laughs> As we all know, traveling back in the day was no easy feat. <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 no. Traveling was like a big deal. If you went around places, you're going to die. This is very, you're very likely to die if you traveled places. And most of the time it was by boat. You'd be stuck on a boat for however long. You would have to rely on you know landing 
at cities and having the money to pay for food or whatever. I mean, just the whole thing was not good. No cell phones. Uh, yeah. This guy was a cool guy, though. He, he, I guess his colossal banquets and extravagancy uh, eventually drove him to bankruptcy and then suicide, as is tradition for the Romans. Those Romans loved to kill themselves. If you ever look into ancient Rome, uh, you'll find that that's just the case. Uh, I think, uh, you know, it's just easier. Just, you know, just get it out of the way. Uh, but the actual book itself was not compiled until the 4th or 5th century. And uh, the work itself is kind of attributed to the Middle Ages. So it couldn't, it could possibly, I mean, some of the recipes are very old, but the book itself isn't as old as, like, it's not like from an actual ancient Roman text. It's a quote-unquote reprint. Yeah, it's a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. And that's how writing works. I mean, really, throughout the eons. It's written in the original Latin, and then it took forever for people to translate it from the Latin, uh, you know, one by one, one language at a time. I think the first European language it was translated into was, was German. So I would imagine it was a bunch of, like, uh, clergymen in Cologne or something they, that knew Latin that translated it. But anyway, I have a, a selection of dishes, a lavish selection, if you will, that I have hand-selected from the book that I thought that you might find interesting. Oh, wow. Well, let's, um, let's, I want to get everybody warmed up really fast. With a lavish welcome. <laughs> oh, better slaughter the goat. <laughs> Perfect, Pfeiffer, we needed a goat. This is, what we're, I've got some recipes. I gotta get some goat. meat. I mean, come on, if I didn't bring a goat recipe, would I be doing my job? Give me a break. He said, uh, one, two, three, four, bring the goat in through the door. Five, six, seven, eight. Boy, don't that goat taste great. Hey. Ho. Nice. Hey What's uh what what's on the what's on the menu for tonight? Other than goat. Well, <laughs> we have uh we have a, a, a variety of things. You know, I didn't want to stick to one thing or another. And keep in mind that this a lot of this cookery this these recipes were for the wealthy class um in ancient rome the three main staples for everyone's food no matter if you're poor or rich was grains grapes and olives those grew uh, all over the place as well as wild herbs some of the herbs they straight up ate uh, out of existence there there is an herb that was like a wide fennel it's called laser literally it was called laser Laser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least that's how it's spelled. I mean, it's short for lazaridium or whatever, but it, but for sure they call it laser. And it was a type of wild fennel that used to grow in the Italian hills, and they fucking ate it to extinction. It's gone now. <laughs> Good. 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 <laughs> Get out of here. I didn't need you anyway. Didn't need you anyway. So when I say laser, that's what I'm referencing. Uh, so here we have an everyday dish. Uh, this is a, a, okay, so step one, this is just, it's just called everyday dish is the name of the dish. Uh, it's on page 94, uh, recipe 128. Step one, make a paste of stewed brains, whether it's calves or pigs or whatever. Season it with pepper, cumin, laser, broth, thickened wine, milk, and eggs. 
Step two, poach it over a weak fire or in hot water. A week? Wow. Oh, a oh, weak oh, fire. Sorry. A I weak see. fire. I was going to say. No, no, no. <laughs> These are don't some do, intrepid do bastards. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're not hungry now. <laughs> if I wasn't before, I am now. I'm not hungry, but this will take a week to make, so we might as well just get started on it. So that that's an everyday dish. Common dish. Brands, very, very cheap. Very accessible as far as meat was concerned. Uh, we have another recipe. I'm, I'm still, I'm still oh, kind of, that? I'm still like, I just, I love the make a paste of stewed brains. It's just, mm-hmm. it's so direct and to the point, you know, it doesn't have to, you don't have to go into like why you think this is such a great dish and why it works and why it's so good. It's just do this. I like how direct and to the point it is. Mm-hmm. And there's no a suggestion of technique or what tools to use is just make a paste from stewed brains. However way you can do that, just make a paste. You know, no wonder, no wonder these guys had so much of the world conquered when they did. Yeah. You can, you read this and you go, these are the guys that invented roads. I mean, these are the guys that were like, we're going to get from here to here as soon as possible. And then back again, yeah, their whole society was like that. It's poetry. Yeah. All right, it's what, gorgeous. What's the next one? We have sauce for wild goat. Yes. We have this in three varieties, three different ways that you can make a sauce for wild goat. Uh, here's recipe one. Pepper, lovage, caraway, cumin, parsley, rue seed, honey, mustard, honey mustard, uh, vinegar, broth, and oil. That's all. That's it. For just the first. So you just make that sauce and then what? You marinate it? Who knows? What's uh, what's lovage? What is lovage, you ask? Lovage is a tall perennial plant that has been long cultivated in Europe uh, and the leaves are used as an herb and the roots as a vegetable and the seeds as a spice. Uh, lovage is uh, delicious, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Uh- <laughs> Oh, there's the goat. We need goat for goat sauce. Mm-hmm. Save this one with the, with the with the brain paste. Oh, Bully Steed in the chat says Lovage is the most underrated herb. This is fascinating to me. Oh. I, I, I simply must get my hands on some now. Interesting. You'll find a lot of interesting archaic... Um, there's so much... So this book apparently is one of the major sources of all knowledge that we have of ancient Roman uh, cooking. There are not a lot of books like this that are around. And um, th- it's just interesting to see the palate then versus now. Like if you think about Italian cooking now, back then they didn't have tomatoes, they didn't have potatoes, uh, they didn't have gourds or squash because all of that was still over in the Americas. And they hadn't, they hadn't discovered it yet. And to think of Italian cuisine now without tomatoes is like, you know, unimaginable. It's pretty interesting that somebody at the time had the foresight to think, oh, this is tasty. I should write this down so that I can come back to it later and make the same thing again. Yeah. The the character that they show, this apicious fella, is the exact kind of character that would develop something like this 
a rich guy who was educated, who could read and write, uh, who was a, a gourmand and, and loved food, and bankrupted himself because he loved food so much and was obsessed. I mean, that, that makes sense, because that's the only kind of person that could ever make this at that time, right? There's nothing else. Who else is going to write this book? A, 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 a fucking priest? No. So, it's a, it is an interesting... <laughs> Certainly not any conquerors. <laughs> no. Yeah, victory, you know. Or, I'm sorry, victors, etc. History is written by the victors, etc. Is what my brain was trying to come out with. Uh, but I love this. So, so we have uh, various sauces for wild goat. The second sauce, pepper, herbs, rue, onion, honey, broth, raisin wine, Ooh. A, a little oil, and then you bind with a rue. They love rue. Uh, and rue is, of course, uh, flour and butter uh, kind of mixed up oh, and done right. It's kind of like, a, it's a gravy, basically, is what it is. I see. So you have that. Uh, they love honey. Honey's in everything. Wine is in everything. And the wine that they had back then was a little stronger than, than the wine that we have now. Wine now is typically like 14%, 13% alcohol content. Back then, it was like, you know, 30, <laughs> 30 plus. Um, Take us back. <laughs> I know. Hide that up. It was like doing shots. But then they would dilute it. So they would take that and they would actually, they would mix it in bowls with water. Yeah. So you could (laughs) sterilize your water. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's another thing. Yeah, it was part of it. They didn't know it at the time, or at least we think that they didn't. But yeah, you had these uh, things that would sterilize the water. If you just drank straight water, you'd probably get more sick than if you drank wine all the time. And uh, and to your preference, you know, if you weren't a big drinker, then you just put a little in the water and, and you could mix it up that way. Uh, the last goat recipe, pepper, spices, parsley, a little oregano or oregano, as the Australians say. Rue seed, broth, honey, raisin wine, a little oil, and then you bind with rue with, I, uh, with the gravy. I like this one. This I think this is the one that I would make out of out of the three. It's delicious. I think it looks good. Mm. It's go time, bitch! Eat it, eat it, eat it! Mm, yeah. We have next on the menu, this is a five-course menu, by the way, that being the second course. The third course is stuffed dormouse. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. Oh, you will. Do you know You're why? love it. Do you know why I wrap a dormouse in electrical tape? <laughs> Uh, several reasons. Oh, man. (laughs) Yes, if you stuff a dormouse, a dormouse, by the way, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, is kind of like a, it's bigger than a mouse. It's more like a rat. And it's called a dormouse uh, because it's dormant for six months of the year. And apparently in ancient Rome, this was quite the delicacy. If you could get your hands on a big fat dormouse... Then you were living large, and they actually had um, they had cages like at, at common homes where people would grow and fatten dormice. So, stuffed dormouse is. Uh, do you have any thoughts on this before I continue? I I cannot wait to hear this description. <laughs> okay, I'm salivating. Oh yes, Are, aren't you titillated at the thought? 
Oh man, I love oh, it. Oh my, oh my. <laughs> uh, Rue is basically gravy. Cotton Chin says it is basically gravy. Uh, let's see here. Stuffed with a force meat of pork and small pieces of dormouse meat and trimmings, uh, all pounded with pepper, nuts, laser, broth. You put the dormouse thus stuffed in an earthen casserole. You roast it in the oven or you boil it in a stock pot. An earthen casserole. Interesting. Yeah. I thought that was a, an interesting way of putting it. What does that mean? Is it like a an earthen casserole? Is that like a, a casserole made of, is it like a wrap of clay? Or is it like in an oven? An earthen oven? But it says roasted in the oven after, so it couldn't be the oven because they already mentioned it. Is it a Dutch oven that you can bury in a little hole? There's a Sure. Yeah. The, the Dutch oven is the cast iron, the big cast iron pot. Mm. You can definitely, yeah, you can coal, dig a hole, put some coals in it, put the Dutch oven in there, and then, and then cover it with dirt, and it'll heat up fast. Yeah, beat that dormouse with some pepper and nuts. Yeah, you pound it with pepper. Pound pepper it, and nuts. Pound it with laser. Pound it with laser and broth. <laughs> your sweet broth. Yeah, and then you stuff that little bitch in an earthen casserole. Yeah, and you roast it in the oven. Yeah. And you boil it in a stock pot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But the dormouse rise to the top. Oh, yeah. Oh, the dormouse is going to be stuffed. Oh, fuck. Dormouse. <laughs> oh, yeah. So there you go. That's our third course. Stuffed Dormouse. Uh, some cooks, uh, they do cook in wet clay. Bully Steed's right. So you, I've seen it done. Uh, God, they did it on a TV show. I think the Hannibal Lecter show. The the one that they did with uh, the, the Swedish actor. I forget his name. Mads Mikkelsen? Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, exactly. Very did much you ever, like, I love that show. That show is super you, good. You do? Oh, you've watched it. Okay. Uh in that show, he makes like a clay-covered pork tenderloin, I think is what it was. I'm pretty sure Babish did it on his show. But you, you, you take the meat, and then you, you cook it all, and you wrap it in this wet clay. And then you, you put it in there, and, and it, like the clay seals in everything. All of the moisture, everything. It just cooks in its own juices so hard. But you lose it. You lose <laughs> you, something, too. You are the meat. <laughs> <laughs> Both of us, <laughs> trust me. I'm watching this thing and I'm basting myself. Uh, <laughs> oh, I just got basted. <laughs> oh, fucking based. <laughs> fucking based. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, fucking based. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, basted. <laughs> based and, and dormouse pilled. <laughs> I just I, right. I, I had a collision of based it and tussy <laughs> fever. <laughs> oh my! Just collide in there. Tussy and clussy from the sky. Uh, anyway, uh, let's see what's here on the. Okay, so fourth on the menu next we have our fourth of five dishes. Can I? You're gonna love this. I what's think, that? I think we need a little more ambiance. Okay, let's let's get a little. Yeah, let's do a little. Do we have any music or anything like that? Yes. I don't know. It just says... I mean, yes, this is the... No, this is good. This is from the archives. Uh, straight from the... 
halls of the great library of Alexandria. Right, yes. This song was written on papyrus originally. And this is, yeah, so just imagine that you're a wealthy merchant. You're living in, you know, the century before Christ. And you're traveling along the Mediterranean in, in a ship. When they say BC, this is you. That's right. You're BC. <laughs> no, you. <laughs> no, you. <laughs> This is course five. This is course four. Course oh, four. Let's see. How many dishes? One, two, three, four, five. Oh, I have six dishes. Okay, so I have five dishes and a dessert. Okay, this is dish four of six. So you stopped with your with your servants, uh, you know, on the shore of let's say uh, oh, I don't know where modern day Croatia is now. You're just you're cruising around. You're doing your Mediterranean thing, and you stop to eat. What do you have on the menu? Well, what has been just brought up fresh from Africa? The greatest of all birds, the greatest of all fowl. World known, world famous. The ostrich. Ostriches are nothing to fuck with. They certainly aren't. So I think it is a testament to the people of the time that they're able to (laughs) run these ostriches down. (laughs) Yeah. They take these ostriches down and they eat the shit out of them. And you take their strength when you eat the ostrich. Yeah, when you take their ostrich brains and you make like a... A paste. It's a very small amount of paste, unfortunately, so you have to kill a lot of ostriches. Yeah, it takes like six or seven ostriches to get a good bowl of paste. But that's it's good stuff, though, if you can get them. So you got your... For the main the deal, though, you've got your ostrich, right? you got to make a stock. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the stock is... Um, Pepper? Oh, should we should we wait for the music again? Yeah, I think it'll come back. It'll come back eventually. Oh yes, the pen flute. Oh, and a set, uh, trumpet. <laughs> there was trumpets, right? <laughs> there was, yeah, I guess so. Roman trumpet. <laughs> Take it away, boys. Take it away, Emperor. And a one, and a two, and. A Oh my goodness. That's one jazzy legion. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> uh, uh, someone send that guy down to the lion pits. Oh, you just signed up for gladiator duty, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Oof. Pucker up on this. Big oofs. Let's Enjoy your one. time with the Christians. Oh wait, they weren't around yet. This is like a couple decades before those assholes showed up. So, you have your ostrich and your stock in which to cook the ostrich. The stock is made thusly. Pepper, mint, cumin, leeks, celery seed, dates, honey, vinegar, raisin wine, broth, a little oil. You boil this in the stock, and then you thicken with a roux. Then the second step is you add the ostrich meat... Cut in convenient pieces. You sprinkle with pepper. And if you wish to make it more tasty, then you add garlic. It seems like a very sophisticated palette of flavor. They really love their herbs. I can tell. And the stocks. They, They love stock. 
They love broth. They love herbs. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> I mean, that's what they got. If you if you're just like sitting out in a field somewhere, what do you have? Well, if there's running water, you got like a river nearby, and you've got some like grass. You throw the grass in the water and you boil it, and there you go. You have broth. <laughs> so it makes sense why this was a big hit back then. Finally, uh, we have uh, before the dessert we have the final entree of the evening. We have roast loins and kidneys. Hmm. Yes. Uh, step one: split them into two parts so that they are spread out. Yep. Sounds right. S- step two: sprinkle the opening with crushed pepper and nuts, finely chopped <laughs> coriander, and crushed fennel seeds. I mean, it's a given, right? Yep. <laughs> Step three. The tenderloins are then rolled up to be roasted, tied together, wrap in call. Call? What is call? Yeah, C-A-U-L. Uh, membrane enclosing a fetus. Oh, yeah, that's right. So oh, like, like holding call field. Oh, okay. Like a sausage? but Yeah, something like that. Must be a casing of some manner. Uh, and then, let's see here. What do you do? You use tenderloins rolled up, they tie together, wrap and call, parboil in oil and broth, and then roast in the oven or boil on the gridiron. Delicious. Delicious. And then finally, finally, we have for dessert a fine ragu of brains and bacon. Delicious. Mmm, delicious. Step one. Strain or chop fine hard-boiled eggs with parboiled brains. These can be calf or pig brains. The skin and nerves of which have been removed. Also, cook chicken giblets, all in proportion with a fish sauce. Put this aforesaid mixture into a saucepan. Place the cooked bacon in the center. Grind pepper and lovage. And to sweeten, add a dash of mead. Ooh. Mmm, delicious. Heat. Uh, when hot, stir briskly with a roux whip and uh, and uh, bring together with a roux. Delish. Delicious. Mmm. And then and then the kung fu movies would start, right? Yep. After yep. dessert. Nice. You you lick in the the spoon clean of that last bit of brain, and you look at your honey and you go, you know what, baby? Let's put on some kung fu. I don't want I don't want to be that guy, but it sounds like you are set up for quite a lavish evening. Oh ho, ho, ho. only the finest. Oh my goodness. I'm <laughs> I'm almost jealous. <laughs> <laughs> no need to be. We uh we have Yeah, well, I just wind you and dined you just now. And and keep in mind, this is an ancient Roman cuisine, right? So Every dish comes with just heaps of wine and olive oil and bread and grapes and grapes and olives and fish, fish sauce. These guys had like a proto Worcestershire sauce that was made from like fermenting anchovies and, and sardines and shit and like pots of water for weeks on end mm. and salt just made it super stinky everywhere. <laughs> And uh, and they would put that shit on fucking everything. I mean, in this book, at least, they put it on ev- almost every single thing. This fish sauce. It's called uh, 
Oh God, what is it called? It's so famous. Ancient Roman fish sauce. Uh, it's called get garum. G A R U M. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think I've ever tried this. Yeah, well, if you've had Worcestershire, then close enough. Hmm. I feel like I didn't search it correctly because all I got back was uh, UFC results. <laughs> that fish is going down. Garum. Blue Seed was on it. I see. I got the wiki in the chat. Mm. Fermented fish sauce. Yes, my favorite. Do a shot. Ooh, you want to do a shot? We'll do a shot of Worcestershire. <laughs> Can't wait. Mm. <laughs> Game over. Uh, Game over, man. Game over. Game over, man. Oh, he was so. That was the greatest thing he ever did. Was that movie? The only actor ever to be killed by the Predator, the Terminator, and an alien. And the alien. Yep. Yep. He was killed by everybody. He was a great... Uh, we're talking about uh, Bill Paxton. For anyone who doesn't know, the late, great Bill Paxton. He, he did a really great job. They did a Hatfield and McCoy series. I've definitely mentioned this on the show before. But he played uh, the, he- the head of either the Hatfield or the McCoy family. And I thought he did a tremendous job in that show. He was really good in Tombstone. Oh, fuck. Love Tombstone. Fucking love Tombstone, bro. Fucking don't get me started on Tombstone, bro. I love that movie. It's I bro down hard for that movie. Sounds like it should be on the list. It's so on the list. Hell oh, yeah. man. And they talk about the Four Horsemen a lot. There's, there's like a lot of like tarot type shit going on there. It's so great. Uh, Doc, Doc uh, Holiday. Val Kilmer's Doc Holiday is probably like the greatest character in cinema. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, it's great. Uh, that's uh, that's my contribution for the the ancient Roman culinary knowledge that I hope I expanded within you. Uh, you you're now open to the ancient Roman ways. Yeah, I got a lot of my brain to chew on. Yeah, brains. including brains. <laughs> You gotta stew some brains. Paste of stewed brains. Why would you let the seven pounds of meat go to waste? Seven pounds of meat? Uh, I did that in lieu of... Jesus, I could have talked about all kinds of things. I could have talked about China. I could have talked about the journalists dying at the World Cup in Qatar. I could have talked about the the Capitol Police actor from Jan 6 being a a Hollywood stooge. Mm. And all the pictures that I have... Uh, of him, which are in the show notes at the bottom of the page. Uh, but instead, I decided to talk about Garum and, and brain paste. Oh, look at him and Nancy Pelosi. Just the sweet, at, sweetest of embraces. Look at her. She's just holding him like a like a baby. Like a big needle baby. Because thank you so much. I can't wait to strap you up later. Introduce you to my gimp. Mmm. Yeah. Hot dominatrix mama Nancy Pelosi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's crushed a few in her day. No doubt. Gets me all... Gets me all... My brain isn't fucking working! <laughs> Ice cream! Ice cream! Ice cream cone! 
Uh, filthy. Suck down a slurpee full of Nancy Pelosi clone. Oh, man, if you ever come to this neck of the woods, I got to take you to Goat Hill Pizza. Ooh. That is her actual pizza place that she owns in uh, in Portal uh, Hill. Oh, God, what is the neighborhood called? Portal something. It's in San Francisco. You can get there via the light rail. And we can go see if they have a basement. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> I took your pain. I put my straw in it. And I took it up. I do cocaine. I do go. Oh, I don't have that one loaded up. Yeah. Yeah. I do cocaine. I do cocaine. Do we have any screen mails? Let me check. It looks like we have a yeah, we do. Oh man. Is is Lavash and Blueberry Mothman of uh uh, Limp Biscuit, like, are you guys back? Give me something guys, to bring. Are you guys both on the show today? Man, I feel like it's been, like, a long time. But, you know, it's been fun. Solo show and then guests and whatnot. But, anyway, yeah. Um, Getting us both in the same room. Today, actually. Uh, something I knew they'd gone to some accounts on appointment, and uh, they, they had a – they heard uh, – what was it? It was uh, – Oh, man, should have thought of this before I started speaking. Uh, something about uh, vulnerability. Vulnerability was the antidote to rejection or something like that. Um, man, if I think about it, I'll call back and give the exact verbiage. But it was just like, like the more vulnerable you are. I think it's something along those lines. But just being being vulnerable is the antidote to rejection. So, yeah, just being more vulnerable with people. And uh, whatnot, I was like, oh, that's really profound. So was something like, I'm going to remember that, and uh, maybe I should act upon it. So, anywho, so, Scream, I, I mean, maybe it's just the fact, I guess maybe tied to that is just like, yes, to kind of, to get out of that habit or just think you are, but then you're not yes. with, with certain, with certain people, especially if it's, uh, uh, close ones, you know, family, friends, specifically family, and uh, you just kind of get to a point where you're not vulnerable, and and uh, or you're not as vulnerable as you should be or would like to be, or whatever. And things uh, start to kind of like little things hit the fan because of that lack of vulnerability, and you're just like, ah, you're like, oh man, I'm like, I'm the only one that can change it, or or sometimes it's they're the only one that can change the thing, and and uh, it just, hey, yeah, listen. so well. The more you know. Behind the scenes. Wait, I love guys. And, you know, whether or not you're wearing a shirt or you're topless, you can always yell, Kaka! Kaka. Kaka, indeed. Kakaler. Thank you for calling. And, caller, I hope you know. I hope you know I pack a change song. Right. Dangerous. Stay dangerous, caller. Right now, I'm dangerous. So dangerous. You got that? You got that break one? 
Uh, which break one? Give me something to break. Give me something to break. Let's see. I hope I do. Give me something to break. Yeah. Yeah. Give me something to break. It's just one of those days. <laughs> uh, that tickles me. Mm-hmm. A motherfucking chainsaw. What? Uh, limp. Limpskit. Limpski bipski. Thank you, caller. And uh, and stay dangerous. And you know. Being vulnerable from time to time, you know, it's hard, but sometimes you got to do it. Yeah, sometimes you got to take those tin swords. That's right. You've lowered your targeting computer, Cesar. Is everything okay? <laughs> nice. Uh, what? Uh, oh, we got. Mm, I'm gonna say. Oh, we we do have some messages. Text line. Uh, oh. And first texter says teased text line. Yeah, he did it. Teased. It works. Teased received. He works. And then uh it works. We had another one uh that said the art of doing stuff, how to build a pizza oven. Part one. Oh my gosh. Look at this. Ooh. It's a I giant, would love to build a pizza oven. Yeah, it's a giant like a uh, concrete mound pizza. Or oh, a, wow. a mounded pizza oven, I should say. Look at that. Oh man, that would that would do some damage. Oh, that's a lot of damage. <laughs> uh, the perfect thing to use for insulating in this case is glass bottles. Wow. Oh, so the glass bottles are in the concrete? Yeah, they're... Well, it's... Uh, so it looks like they built a frame of bricks, and then they did a layer of glass bottles where the eventual oven's oh, going to go, and then they covered... I'm seeing these pictures. Yeah, okay. Covered the glass with dirt and some hay and whatnot. So it heats up the air in there. Very nice. Wow, that's a big oven. That's pretty, uh, pretty groovy. I like the uh, the shape of it too. It's got a nice, efficient shape. Uh, Texter so build up the amount of sand. That's cool. Texter says, uh, "Build." Oh, there's a whole bunch. Oh my gosh, I didn't even see how many it came through. Um, Primary, primarily used for breads, the clayish dome holds temperature like an oven. Build fire inside and scrape out or push backside, uh, push to the back the hot coals. And Texter has made several. A cob oven. Cob oven. Her name is Karen. Ugh. I bet it's delicious. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Are you kidding me? Ugh. Pizza and bread. The best things in the world. And they didn't even invent pizza until like the eighteen hundreds. No doubt. Um, do uh, do you want to get into some of the mammoth and magic or intermission or? Oh, uh, I don't think. Uh, uh, well, let me just look at this real quick. Let me just see here. I got volume one here. Just see if anything sticks out. We don't have to do too long. Just just a quick excerpt. How about that? And then we'll go to intermission. We have. Uh, this is A, first volume. We have Aberdeen Witches, Abominable Snowman. <laughs> oh, we got a goat. That we goat, got a goat. I think, I think that goat heard Abominable Snowman was like, nope, I'm out, and the goat removed itself. <laughs> let's, let's check the records. Uh, check the record. Correct the record. Oh, Pitar, he's... he's uh, He's coming in with his with his goats. Oh man! Oh, earlier we had a uh, bully steed and yourself boosting that gimp. 
<laughs> yeah, wanted to shock the gimp a little bit. Man, this episode, it's a... Uh... <laughs> It's a party. Oh, God, I just... It's all my hair. Oh, it's in my eyes. It's in my ears. Oh, my God. So much sexy goat. Oh, Peter. Peter is the abominable snowman of goats. It's going to be really cool. I'm going to summon the Antichrist with it. We're going to be able to do all the goat sauces. All of them. All of them. Actually, at this rate, we'll probably be able to jar some up. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pickled goat. Mm. Oh, Pitar. You've made such a mess, sir. <laughs> Fucking goats everywhere. Fucking goats. Let's see here. That was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12 goats. Pizza boosting 6666 from Curio Caster. On the live item. Fucking disgusting. 130. It's alive. Hell yeah. This is episode 130 (laughs) behind the schemes, baby. I'm gonna I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Pizza a little karma. Got him. Got Got him. And a chance. Level up with Pitar. <laughs> Fucking get your nude podcast app and boost a goat today. Today. 6666. It's, it's pennies. Pennies for this prime. It's like, a, you know, it's like an old. You remember when you used to go to the ice cream shop and you'd be like, I'll take an ice cream. And they're like, that'll be a nickel. That's what this is now. That's where the new ice cream. Oh. <laughs> Pizza got a 13th in there. He says, fucking goats. Fucking goats, man. They're true. Beady little eyes. Mm. Ugh. Now we got a whole ranch full of them ready for the slaughter. Hey, listen. <laughs> uh, People love the goats. Yeah. Those goddamn goats. Mm-hmm. I want to come up there again and punch one of them out. Oh, dude. He love it. Punch one with a knife. <laughs> I'm just going to punch you real quick in the shoulder with a knife. <laughs> Repeatedly. <laughs> and not in your shoulder, in your chest. But just just once or twice, or three times, or four times. We have, uh, uh, after Abominable, we have Abracadabra. Oh, magic word. Abracadabra. That's the, that's the magic word. Uh, we have Achilles of the Trojan War fame. We have Acupuncture. We have Africa, we have Agrippa, Ariman, A-H-R-I-M-A-N, Ariman, I'm not sure who that is. We have some French word here, I am Provence, nuns, okay. We have alchemy, we have Alexander the Great, we have Algonquin Indians. I'm just going to throw this out here, since we did cover Roman cuisine, how about a quick expert, uh, excerpt? From Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great, the great Greek general and lord of all. Boy, oh boy, Alexander the Great sure made his impact on the world. (laughs) He had a couple of things to say. Yeah. (laughs) He traveled. Uh, Yeah, he did. Caesar, when when he turned, I think Alexander died at the age of, guess what, 33. Very Christ like. 
Indeed, he died in Babylon at 33, and when Caesar, Julius Caesar, was 33, they say that he wept because by the time Alexander was his age, he'd conquered the whole world. And Caesar hadn't even conquered Rome yet. Because he's a bitch. He's a big old bitch. Who gives a shit about Caesar? Who gives a shit? Who gives a fuck? Gives a fuck. Somebody called the Senate. We got a cockroach problem. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Call the the exterminator. We got a pest. (laughs) A2 Brutus? (laughs) Bitch. A2 Bruto? A Bruto? Uh, Alexander the Great. One of his eyes was black and the other yellow. He went to the end of the earth and the bottom of the sea and flew through the air. He encountered all kinds of monsters and wonders. This is the opening phrase for Alexander the Great. Bombastic. Man, the I love really, it. Really quite swinging for it. Alexander the Great led his triumphant armies from Greece to the Nile and on into India. He created a vast empire which no one afterward could hold together and died before he was 33. Deified in his own lifetime, he was recognized as a god by the Greek cities of the League of Corinth, and his astonishing career caught the imagination of succeeding generations. 400 years after his death at Babylon in 323 BC, the emperor Trajan, one of the ablest uh, of the Roman generals and rulers, went to ruined Babylon and offered sacrifice to Alexander's spirit in the room that he had died. Legendary stories clustered around Alexander's memory like limpets on a rock and were retold for hundreds of years with alterations, additions, and shifts of emphasis. They spread across Europe and Asia, as far west as Ireland and as far east as Java. Java! Nice. Uh, The core of the later romance of Alexander was a book written in Greek at Alexandria after 200 BC by an unknown writer now called pseudo Calisthenes, because the book was originally wrongly attributed to a real Calisthenes. The original is lost, but four revisions of it have survived. It combined accurate historical material with legend. Later authors expanded it and translated it into other languages with liberal editions, in which they mingled material from reliable historians with imaginative fictions of their own invention and uh, fables. The best kind of history. Yes. All the best books do this, by the way. All the best. Um, except for the Bible. That's how you, that's how you make it in this world. <laughs> you take some of your truth, and then you take some of your truth, and you mix them in, and then you, and then you add garum, and you make a paste. Uh, just as many of us now cannot feel any bond of sympathy with a character in fiction who is too far from our own likeness, a monstrous Martian... Or a Venusian, for example. That's interesting. A Venusian. When's the last time you heard of a, a Venus alien uh, referred to as a Venusian? Honestly, for whatever reason, it had me... It was like, is he talking people from Pompeii? But I don't know what that oh, correlation is. That would... Well, that so, it sounds like a Roman word. It sounds like a Latin word, Venusian. Yeah. For sure. Sounds like a name of an emperor, honestly. Oh, maybe because I'm thinking Mount Vesuvius. Oh, this is like Vesuvian. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Um, So anyway, uh, you have an alien coming in. So for each different audience for the Tales of Alexander made him one of themselves, giving them his own setting, nationality, and outlook, as if we haven't seen that before. As a result, he appears as an object lesson in the workings of fate, or as a saintly Christian, though he lived long before Christ, 
or as a benefactor of the Jews, or as an emissary of Allah, or a noble medieval knight, or even as an incarnation of the devil, because he was a predecessor of the Antichrist. Uh, Antiochus, Epiphanes, C. Antichrist. <laughs> it's going to be really cool. I'm going to summon the Antichrist with it. Uh, yes, our fearless leader, our one and only Beelzebub, Lazarus. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, and I know you're thinking this, Antichrist is also in this volume. Good. So maybe we'll read that on the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. Get hyped. Oh, nice. I cannot wait. This is going to be so good. Excellent. Well, I think that that's, uh, that's an adequate enough reading on old Alexander the Great. Yeah. May he rest in legends. Yes, indeed. The original gold coffin. I do like how they shouted out that he was picked up by all sorts of sex of people. Yes, with he had sort, sex with lots of people. With that kind of Christum sort of uh, takedown approach. Yeah, because you see them do that with Christ all over the place. You, I've seen, you know, you've seen Christ drawn as a Buddhist and drawn as, uh, you know, in the Islamic faith. You've seen him drawn kind of in just, there are all these people that have their, you have black Jesus. You have all the different kinds of Jesus. A Jesus for every person. A Jesus for everyone. Instead of the one that actually he was, which was probably just like a short, dark, Middle Eastern man, but you know, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever works. Shh. Sorry. Sorry about that. I said the, the quiet part out loud. I know. Um, all right. Let's, uh, actually, since we played a uh, voicemail or scream mail earlier, I think we just, uh, pop the tape and we'll go to break here. We'll see what's in the tape. This is a booberry made the intermission for us tonight. We're going to go to quick intermission, pop <laughs> oh, in the tape. You know what? I, we're going to pause super quick because the very opening track for tonight's intermission was one of those sent in by Mr. Ed. Mm. And I'm going to, I'm going to try and get through this. I might butcher it. Good, good chance. I will, uh, quotes from his email. This next song is Juan L. Descarta Z Juan the Ripper. <laughs> it's called Juan the Ripper. By Juan L. Descuartizador. Disquatizador. Yes. Nice. By El Harrigan, El uh, E. Compania. El Harrigan y Compania. Uh, I.E. The Slacker and Company. Hell yeah. <laughs> I like it. I'm rusty. Rusty apples. Or maybe I'll we'll be right back. Never that good. Sabrá 
one time I asked my dad, I was like, Dad, after 38 years, do you still love mom? And he was like, love? <laughs> Your mom married me to escape communist China. It's a not love, it's a good deal. Right, wife. Life good. Wife fight back. Kill wife. Wife gone. Think about wife. Full of opiates, MDA, shoot voids like NBA, bloody advanced 
Yes, I fire arms, I got ten to play. Catch a facelift, you great makeshift, face the case. Surveillance rape with broomsticks, they got tapes for days. State of the world address, NY, some killers for sport. Home of this shit tour, crack houses, prison and chalk. Blows against the system, Pentagon smash, windows inside a victim. Symptoms of the universe, it's so paranoid. Tell me what the fuck they asked you. You fuck around with me and I'ma have to blast you. time for 200. This term for a long-handled gardening tool can also mean an immoral pleasure seeker. Ken. What's a hoe? No. Whoa. 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 They teach you that in school in Utah, huh? Al. What's a rake? A rake is right. Do you have any idea who shot shit? Pretty sure Sharon knows who shot Sharon. Yeah. I'm sure anybody who gets shot will tell you who shot them, right? Yeah. But if the police say nobody shot him, I believe nobody shot him. And if nobody shot him, that's the same nobody that shot Tupac. And if nobody shot Tupac, it's the same nobody that shot MLK. And if nobody shot him, that's the same person that shot Malcolm X too. It's a lot of nobodies out there and nobody minds if nobody comes up missing, right? That don't bother nobody, does it? I guess it could have been worse. They could have asked me to dress up like a liberal. <laughs>
cells. Line up for your rations. Pizza again? We need nutrients. The brain has decreed that pizza has tomato in it, which is a vegetable. Further complaints about the quality of rations will not be tolerated. Sir, my son, he's dying from lack of vitamin D. Can we have some sunlight, please? You will take your screen light, and you will be happy for it, peasant! Attention! The brain has found a four-hour video on Mario Kart speedruns! There will be no sleep, period, tonight! I... I can't do this anymore. We... we don't even like Mario Kart. Singing the song makes me feel like she's with me, and she's beside me singing along with me. Welcome back to Behind the Schemes, second, second half for episode 130. Yeah, episode 130, it is December 12th, 2022. It's currently about 9.35 p.m. here on the Pacific Coast, which means it's about 11.35 over there in the Central, which means it's midnight 35 over on the East Coast. This is true. It's midnight in somebody's sewer tonight. (laughs) 
You said it. <laughs> Tell me about it, stud. Jesus. I should put that in the Bible. Yeah. Well, uh, you had shot me a message in the back channels about coming back to a, a little swig or something, something. Indeed. What are, you, we, what are we taking a shot of this evening? Uh, I'm going to be finishing the last of the party batch, the Dimmer Beach Bounty Whiskey from one of the festivals that I worked over the summer. Ooh, that sounds uh, different. Yeah, this is uh, this is the last one. This bottle has gotten <laughs> gotten us through a lot of episodes, man. Uh, well, here's to one more uh, to you. I'm having the bottled in bond Kirkland bourbon. Mmm. And uh, I'm very happy with it, I must say. Delicious. And uh, yeah, here's to 130 more. Yeah. Cheers. At least. <sighs> Cheers to everyone all over the world and in the green room. Straight out of the bottle. That's the way it's meant to be. <clears throat> this is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Delicious. Do you know the way? Do you know the way? This is Dewey. Uh, are you the queen? Are you the queen? Yeah, the uh, <laughs> make heroism sense in that uh, <laughs> reimagined Weezer track. <laughs> I was like, oh, so every verse they just delay it even more and then delay it even more. It's just like a real show. Uh, yeah, it's like life. It's just not doesn't quite align the way you want it to sometimes. Well, this is, uh, this is the part of the show where we like to take a moment and thank all the people that came out and helped produce this episode of Behind the Scenes. That did make things align, yes. The wonderful freaks of hazards, the beautiful producers of this value-for-value value production. Yeah, we had a, a slew of ISOs and submissions for intermission come through. Uh, Cotton Gin and Servo were, were dropping ISOs all week. Uh, let's, like, uh... Like, all right. Uh, <laughs> Shit. All right, there it is. <laughs> Jesus. That is a, a Hall of Fame moment I did not expect to hear when I was listening live. When I heard that live, I just couldn't believe it. Yeah, man. That's oh, so good. Uh, all karma and hell to the podfather. I, I was wondering, you know, I guess, I don't know, you gotta have, give time to let it sit? To let the teeth settle in? Yeah, you wanna, you wanna make sure things take root, right? Well, I, I, I think I think the uh, the the glue that he was using wore off because it only sets for like a 24 hour period. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Man, that, that was awesome. All respect to the pot father. That guy knocked out <laughs> his own front teeth and still finished the show like a champion. <laughs> yeah, man. What a, what a champ. I like Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Was that another one of the ISOs that came in? Yeah, that was another submission we got. Mm, I'm, I'm just, I'm suspicious. And, ooh, oh, I did that Shit. one already. Uh, this oh, one. Spook! <laughs> Jesus, can we close the show with the coughing out the tooth? Sure. Shouldn't that be the last thing? Yeah, let me, uh, I will change button background color. We'll do quirk S, uh, you know, the esoteric of your dreams. <laughs> you Something like got that. it. See, this Booberry is a professional. It's fucking professional, man. You gotta be. This uh, man entertains my every whim. Oh. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Cotton Gin. Thank you, Servo. 
Uh, let's see. He uh, had this Thank one, you too. Make heroism. Uh, and he says, the stream is strong with this one. Yeah, it was a little, little chuck, because Adam's laughing there. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I think, uh, and then we had, um, of course, Mr. Ed, with that track at the uh, beginning there, Juan the River. Uh, this was uh, a rock band of Mexico City from the late 80s and beginning of the 90s, and talks about how Juan hunts people at night and does not care if they are boy or girl. He still cuts them with his filet or knife and taco maker's machete. Mm. Uh, which translate to, that's metal AF. And he doesn't care if they're a boy or a girl. He just still cuts them. Yeah, man. Flesh is flesh. Okay. Meat is meat. Meat is meat. Bone yes. is bone. Blood is blood. Sinew is sinew. Very true, sir. Very true. All of these statements you make. They make the big true true. Uh, did we get the goats that came in? Did I completely blank out on goats being slaughtered here? Hmm. I do see on the list that we should have a couple of goats. Uh, let me. I believe uh, three goats just were slain by Pfeiffer in the chat, from what I can see. I can I can fix that right now. I think. I hope. Oh God! Where did I put my knife? There, there it is. is. There we go. There oh, we yeah. go. There, there we go. Yeah, there we go. The goat's like, maybe I, uh, maybe we will uh, not. Oh, just kidding. Yeah, maybe we got off this time. Wrong. <laughs> We're free. We're going to make it. Yay. <laughs> Being at the front of the line isn't so bad. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so Pfeiffer had to say five, six, seven, eight. Boost the goat while you masturbate. Oh, 13, wow. 14, 15, 16. Boost the goat. There's no resisting. <laughs> 17, 18, 19, 20. Boost the goat. There still are plenty. Ah, very nice. And, and then <laughs> you, you got a fourth one in, but did, did that one come through? I don't think that one came through. Oh. <laughs> did now. There you go. Yeah. He says, also the goat. Also the goat. Yeah, if you found 66, 66 sets. You can slay your own goat if you if you send us a six thousand six hundred and sixty six. Yeah. Whoa. Ooh, yeah. Give us the David Lee, gave us the Diamond Dave. Bully Steve Diamond Daved me. Wow. Yeah, I, Adam's teeth boost. There we go. <laughs> uh I'm already envisioning my next boost into podcasting 2.0. <laughs> oh yeah i'm envisioning it too oh you're gonna be the one adam's gonna hate it oh i can't wait yep yep <laughs> diamond daved if you send in 77 77 sets you can also diamond dave us yeah it's been a while since we've heard the uh the diamond dave Woo-hoo! Yeah, i believe that's the uh isn't that the running with the devil iso track mm-hmm Yep. Yep. I thought I knew that one. Sure is. Beautiful. Uh, coming in next, we had Quaffy double scooping uh, with two donations, each for $3.33. Thank you, Quaffy. Von Dustbubble. Yeah, Quaffy also sent in uh, one of the links to uh, the subjects that I'm bringing tonight. So get excited for that one. Hyped. Hyped. Thank you, Quaffy. Uh, Servo. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if y'all are aware of this or not. (laughs) 
this show would be much different if servo wasn't here and participating i'm just gonna i'm gonna go out there oh yeah on that if there was and... no servo <laughs> then this would be a different show that's why he's the guy we have a bust of him in the green room yeah but you know there's a little placard that says the guy directly yeah. underneath of that and we actually scribbled it on the bus forehead because it's just it's just a styrofoam bus like what you'd put a wig on or whatever and mm-hmm. it's servo and a, we, a we wig block yeah so we drew servo on the on the bus and then we also drew the guy yeah, he is the guy. Because that yeah. guy spent a day and a half, two days, helping me get uh, through the process of reformatting my uh, computer, which I've not done. Uh, if I have, it's been forever. Uh, but I've definitely not done it with a Windows machine. And uh, yeah, I was I was super nervous about losing all the ISOs. And I, the only thing that I ended up um, not being able to keep was the playlist for each episode, which was in Mix. Uh, but Mix mm. crashed before that whole reformatting thing went down. So I just want to take the time to say thank you for all of the help, and especially over these past couple of days. Really, really appreciate that. Very cool. Very legal. Thank you, Servo, as always. You created the gal bot in the chat. Mm-hmm. Best chat bot around. Uh, it'll draw tarot for you. It'll do the eight ball for you. <laughs> She'll do an eight ball with you. She'll do an eight ball with you. You can do an eight ball off her. <laughs> she's great. This and, is true. And, uh, you know, she's everyone's favorite chat bot. Old gal. Yeah. Old gal. Man, I can't believe they didn't call it Calgary gal. That's so funny. Oh, but that's... thank you. Well, oh, sorry. What's he, that? He also... Uh... Uh, he gave uh, Gal the new set of tools. You can do exclamation point next, and it'll tell you the next. Uh, yes, next pending live item. Oh, that's so good, so good, fucking awesome, the I, best. Thank I, you, Servo. And that should be. I I saw him testing it out in a couple of different chats. So check it out if you see Gal in one of the myriad of rooms in the uh, zero node. Uh, try exclamation point next. You'll see what comes up. Uh, hot. And also, while you're at it, uh, do exclamation uh, next full moon and see when the next full moon will be. Uh, we got a, a on-the-fly clip from Cotton, Cotton Gin. <laughs> Who's that? Woo-hoo. That's you. Is that me? You're the guy. Wait a minute. Where did you hear? Where is this from? What is this from? Uh, Gotten Gin dropped it in the green room. Did I do this on Rare Encounter? <laughs> no. Did I just do it in general and someone clipped me doing it? Did Cotton Gin clip me doing it? You just did it. I just did it. You just, that's how good Cotton Gin is. Cotton Gin's on that instant shit, dude. Yeah, man. He Cotton is... doesn't even wait for the, the file to drop. He just has the audio himself. Yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> fucking awesome. You know, it was he, so fresh. It was so new. I was completely old manned out just then. Oh, so good. Thank you, Cotton Gin. I'm going to give Cotton Gin some uh, karma in the chat there. Hashtag green room. 369. Nice. The uh, next up, uh, Christmas came early. Lightbright had me open up some gifts because uh, I, was, I was real depressed. Uh, halfway through this process of reformat, and she's like, "Oh, let's do Christmas early." <laughs> I was like, "Okay," and then uh, that was nice. Turns out, uh, 
She got us a button making machine. I now, see. Look now, at that thing. Now we can make some motherfucking buttons, man. It's pretty too. It's got a it's got a nice fire engine red color. Mm-hmm. Just looks like it's like make use me. Make buttons with me. Yeah. Beautiful. And, uh, Thank you, Light Bright. Yeah, and the, all of the accoutrements, so plenty of button backers, uh, button uh, heads, the mylar sleeves for or the faces for them. All of these uh, video game, all this art and all these little like booklet thingies, are those yours that you just had? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you- so I, I don't often talk about this. I'm a little ashamed of it just because it was so, uh, I mean, it wasn't a ton of money, but it was enough over a long enough time period but all of these game uh like case coverings and the instruction manuals and whatnot they came from games that i had while i was on tour and every single one of those booklets i have lost that game (laughs) because i would keep everything in like cd sleeves uh one time i left it on the bus accidentally got off the bus oh i see uh one time someone jacked it out of my hotel room um wow that's a fucking shit move shit ass i actually have i've had that happen to me twice uh wow that sucks yes but the second time around it was more stuff um so yeah i i just i i threw away all the uh the clamshells but i kept all the paper uh after the games were lost or before after the games were lost because i you know i wasn't carrying cases on tour i'd keep them at home wow and you you just you collected i mean i never thought to do that to just keep collecting all these little booklets and stuff Mm -hmm. but yeah you've got the perfect fodder for making your first batch it's a lot of fun (laughs) you've been waiting for this for a long time now no doubt you've been like chomping at the bit as they say Uh, i got some vacation time coming up so my plan is i'm gonna try and do like a a preliminary production of a bunch of bunch of stuff and try and figure out like a workflow try and figure out some just you know how are we going to print this print the buttons and stickers how are we going to cut them um all sorts of stuff figuring out a btc pay server figuring mm-hmm. out shipping because mm-hmm. uh yeah <laughs> i got some ideas man <laughs> mm. build a little infrastructure no see. doubt well that- it's it's an exciting turn. I feel like ever since I joined the show, you every six months you're like, so lavish. Uh, <laughs> should we make buttons? We making buttons? We making pens? We making buttons? We making pens? And then I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then now we're doing it. I'm a sucker for it, man. Absolute sucker. Why not? I love I love this first one you got here. The uh, this is like a Majora, I think. Oh yeah, it's from the. Nintendo 3DS remake of Majora's Mask. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yep. Right off the cover, man. Right out the gate. And bully seat is, bully seat is correct. I am. I I identify as button centric. <laughs> yes, Buttonberry. Buttonberry. Wait, this doesn't sound right. <laughs> no, <laughs> it, it sounds exactly the way it needs to. It sounds really right. <laughs> Sounds right. Sound sounds right. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, nice. Uh, oh, and also, I Christmas came early for me too, because private browsing gave me volumes one and two of Man, Myth, and Magic. 
of which I read the excerpt on Alexander the Great earlier. I, man, volumes one and two is nothing to sneeze at. That is the very beginning of the series, like letter A. Yep, this is. We now have the alpha. We now have the the first pieces of this big puzzle. Do you still have volume two on hand? I do have volume two on hand. I just want to know what the last entry is for volume right. two. The last entry for volume two is body body oh man yes the last three entries for volume two are blood boar and body (laughs) and madame blavatsky is is the fourth last blood boar and body yeah that's a good combo yeah i want a blood boar and body and chill (laughs) <laughs> you know what this is too this is build back better oh yeah this is b-o-r-e i take it or b-o-a-r b-o-a-r oh yeah the the hog the the hog story the boar story boars are nothing to fuck with no boars will fucking kill you <laughs> they will murder you <laughs> yep either by killing you right there or by biting you or skewering your leg or something and giving you an infection that you'll never recover from. Yeah. Boy, you are the angel of death. Yes, boars are the angel of death. Blood, boar, body. <laughs> Another uh, honorable mention I'll give from this volume is Beelzebub. Oh, Beelzebub, yeah. That's like yeah. the guy. He's the guy. <laughs> We don't have a bust of him, but we do somewhere. Beelzebub. Yeah. Yeah, it's got Baphomet, Ball. Moloch. Yeah, I wish. Oh, we don't have the Moloch? Whoa! Well, not in this volume. I wonder which one is the M. Um, I might have the... Do you have the M volume of Moloch? Well, you... That was uh, Pyronessi, have... by the way. Uh, Garam and Marmite boosted 7777 sats. Gave us the Diamond Dave via Fountain. Woohoo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wait, you have the index, right? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I have the, the bibliography volume, I think. Yeah, that would tell us. I believe, right? It would have uh, Moloch. Uh, let's see. I have... Oh. Volume 22, which is like the last alphabetical one, and then 24, which I believe is maybe miscellaneous. I'm, I'm looking. Modern Witchcraft, Muhammad, Muharram, Montana's oh, Moon, Moral re, uh, Rearmament, Morgan Le Fay, Mormons. Uh, no uh, no Moloch. No Moloch. Hmm. All right. I will, I will confirm this as well. Uh, Molech, Canaanite term. I have, I have a, not a chapter, but I have a reference. So it's, Molech is, is referenced twice in this book on 976 and 2184. So referenced in the book, but not a chapter is, is what I can see. Yeah. I don't have, uh, I don't have those copies. Hmm. Fascinating. <laughs> These books are so great. By the way, I have to say that uh, you know the smell that you get from the from these original ones mm-hmm. that the MKs gifted us. 
Oh, it's got that that old Alexandrian library smell. Yeah, that musk. Oh, that Elon Musk. And uh, yeah, I just I don't know. Simple. This the it's the simple things in life, people. All right. So uh, that's it for Man Myth and Magic. Uh, what's uh, on your on your plate today? Oh, uh, well, I just want to give everybody a little bit of karma and thank you for helping produce this show. We are yes, absolutely a value for value production, meaning everything that we produce and upload to the interwebs, uh, we put out entirely for free, and we hope that you enjoy it. If there's anything that you valued, uh, turn around and help produce this show, uh, whether it be through financial contributions, clips, ISOs, music, what have you, anything and everything, we will take it. Yep. And uh, this is very true. And uh, also, you know, we we don't have ads for a reason. If you listen to other shows, you'll hear these ads and it's just not, it just isn't there. Just listen to a show with ads and and think to yourself, yeah, this is it. You won't. It's not possible. This is, Uh, this is the way things were not meant to be. And that's a good thing. Yeah. How do I get in to talk to God? Do I have to deposit money? Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, you do. I mean, let's uh before I get into any any stories here, let's let's do a screen mail. Let's. My I feel like my tummy. My tummy. Yeah. Tummy. Yeah. Tummy hurts. Yeah. My tummy. Yeah. Really starting to hurt now. I'm Am I turning into a deer my tummy? My stomach hurts. Oh, God. Oh, my stomach. My stomach. Oh, Collar. Beefy. Man, I hope, uh, I hope Collar can find some Tums, but only take like a quarter of a bite. <laughs> so I've heard. A light Tum. Yeah. You, need, you only need half a Tum, Collar. Half a Tum, Collar. Half a Tum. Half a Tum. Oh, he, just let it out, Collar. Yeah, like just the, let it out. Ah, take that collar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you need it. To... Oh, maybe, maybe more like that. Maybe more like that collar. Maybe, maybe, maybe like this. Hmm. Ah! I think mm. that gets the wrong vibes. Hmm. Ah! There we go. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. You make a big star. Yeah. You make a big star. Just come on in the limo here. Uh, You're going to be blasting on phone screens and toilets across the nation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You like like Chanel? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're that cream. It's going to rise to my top. Oh, yeah. Oh, so you like Chanel? Oh, yeah. Oh, you're one of those high society girls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get some every time. Another screen mail? Sure. You're tuned in to the dulcet tones of Private Browsing and her friend. Almost heaven. West Virginia. Oh, here we go. Life is old there, older than the 
Beach Road. Take me home to the place where I belong. West Virginia, Mountain Mama, take me home. Country Road. Love this. Hell yeah. Take me home, you dirty country roads. Ah, Private Browsing and her friend are singing about my people. And I approve. They're singing about the people. <laughs> oh, I love it. That was, that was beautiful, callers. That was absolutely gorgeous. Yes, I love that song. John Denver, may he rest in legend. Indeed. Indeed. Mm. Uh, another plane crash. Jeez. Took a lot of musicians, my friends. Mm-hmm. In a glider, no doubt. In a glider, yeah. He was a real uh, adventurous one, <laughs> so I'd put it. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again, Colors. I love you! Oh, thank you, Colors. Thank you, Private Browsing. Thank you, friend. You're wonderful. Gorgeous. Um, let's, uh, so... The first thing I was going to get into, Servo <laughs> sent this over last night. Uh, this is a one of those thread unrollers from, from Twitter and Knitter and all that. Mm-hmm. I'm, mm-hmm. Just, I'm going to read you the, 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 the opening tweet from this guy. The stuff uncovered in the Twitter whistleblower report is much crazier than anything in the quote Twitter files, but it's much less politically slash tribally salient, so it got no attention. Going to do a thread on some of the craziest things in no particular order. <laughs> mm. Spoiler alert: This is <laughs> this does not bode well. No, just back it up. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. We're gonna. We're gonna get straight into it. Uh, is this the link? The thread link here? Oh, here we go. I got you. Yeah, thread reader. Uh, well, this is the app, thread reader app. Um, but it links to this particular item. Uh, Twitter didn't monitor monitor employee computers at all. It was not uncommon for employees to install spyware on work devices. <laughs> it was not uncommon, no, no, at all. Uh, although against policy, it was commonplace for people to install whatever software they wanted on their work system. Twitter employees were repeatedly found to be intentionally installing spyware on their work computers at the request of external organizations. Twitter, mm. Twitter learned of this several times only by accident or because of employee self-reporting. In other words, in addition to a large portion of the employee computers having software updates disabled, system firewalls turned off, and remote desktop enabled for non-improved purposes, it was repeatedly demonstrated that until Twitter leadership would stumble across endpoint problems, external people or organizations had more awareness of activity on some computers than Twitter did itself. Ugh. Wow. Whoopsie. Oops. Yeah, I shouldn't have been downloading all that porn on your computer. Yeah. Uh, Twitter. And firewalls turned off. You shouldn't have turned off all those firewalls. Yeah, look what you did here. Look what you did. And you were, look at this mess you made. You were too busy trying to mold the world to your warped perceptions. You couldn't even see the internal struggle at Twitter itself. You couldn't even see the rot yeah, in, in the core. You were too busy with your lobster mac lunches. Your hubris has let you rot from the inside out <laughs> with spyware and 
<laughs> and third-party monitoring, you silly bitches. How does it feel? How oh, does yes. it feel? How does it feel How? to feel the other end of the rod? <laughs> Taste the whip, Twitter. Uh, we'll continue on. Twitter does not have separate development, test, staging, and production environments. At least 5,000 employees had privileged access to production systems. <laughs> Um, now I'm not the biggest computer, uh, or I don't have the biggest understanding of computers, but I could see how this is a bad thing because you've essentially let anybody into the back end of your systems to where they could start changing any number of system files and just throw the whole thing. Ooh, this is where the fun begins. Yep. A fundamental in engineering and security principle is that access to live production environments should be limited as much as possible. Engineers, and this is all from the um, whistleblower's report, by the way. Engineers should mostly work in separate development test and or staging environments using test data. Over a decade prior, companies like Google moved development to segregated test systems. But at Twitter, engineers built, tested, and developed new software directly in production with access to live customer data and other sensitive information in Twitter's system. Uh, this ongoing arrangement, almost an unheard of at modern tech companies, causes repeated problems for Twitter and bad software deployments and significantly reduces the work an attacker needs to do to acquire credentials with extremely sensitive, sensitive access. Wow. And these practices apparently were a huge red flag for job candidates. Uh-oh. Can't, can't have that. <laughs> I, think, I think we should not hire this guy. Ooh, ooh, so there was a little uh, little filtering going on at the employment level. Oh, no. In 2020, Twitter had security incidents serious enough that they had to be reported to the uh, that they had to be reported to the federal government on an almost weekly basis. Nothing new there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, they're real close, Twitter and the federal government. Uh, they just walk down the hallway, man. Yeah, they share uh, <laughs> buildings together and stuff. It's okay. Uh, approximately. By report to the federal government, they mean walk down the hall. Yeah. Hey. Oh, hey, hey, Bob. <laughs> hey, here's my, uh, here's this form thing. It's fucking boilerplate. Nothing. Here you go. Can you, can you imagine that Twitter employees stand there and gossip about Bob Mueller at the water cooler? Oh, Bob, he's so great. Yeah. Wow. How did, I had no idea that he was slipping, you know, he, he seems so sharp. <laughs> wow, um, what a great guy. Uh, uh, approximately one security incident each week is serious enough that the that Twitter has to report it to the government, like or to government agencies, the FTC and SEC, uh, specifically. Uh, in twenty twenty alone, Twitter had more than forty security incidents, seventy percent of which were access control related. These included twenty incidents as, uh, defined as breaches, all but two of which were access control related. I'm assuming that the uh, the the attackers were able to gain access to places that they weren't allowed to be or supposed to be. Mm. Uh, the whistleblower wanted to take action to prevent potential sabotage by a rogue employee. He learned that it was not possible for Twitter to secure its production environments. Uh, this whistleblower realized that a data sensor failure could p- potentially cause the permanent loss of all of Twitter's data. He shared this fact with senior leadership who instructed him not to put it in writing for the board. Oops. We should fire that guy. Mm. More Uh, employment filtering. uh, Let's see here. Oh, I I guess this is one of his uh, 
uh, the whistleblower's threat matrices that he lined out. It says, threat matrix of effect. Data sensors uh, physically destroyed. Twitter unable to do business. Full stop. Not surprising. Goes down Ooh. hard or soft. Twitter con- uh, continues to run out of blank. It's redacted. Uh, blank goes down hard or soft. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Twitter operates but impaired and more impaired as time goes on. Data centers gracefully go down and come back up. We don't know. Best guess is weeks to months to bring the services back online. We can't boot? Question mark. Known unknown. We should we really, really know. Should, we really should know. <laughs> uh, we really should. Yeah. We should know. We should know this thing. That's really fantastic. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Continuing on. A few months later, that exact eventuality almost came true, and only Herculean efforts by Twitter engineers prevented permanent irreparable failure. Oh, sure. Only the Herculean effort by these brilliant Twitter engineers. Yes, of course. Uh, you know, for the for the buco uh, amounts of employees that they had, you'd think they could fucking hire some like security folks. I uh, <clears throat> I, I work in these buildings. And these tech companies, these big hotshot tech companies. The the security is handled by the building itself. And if you can get through the lobby, then you're in. The lobby has all of the all of the real filtering power and a lot of these uh, entrances to these buildings in in silicon valley in, in san francisco they have like these um these electronic gates that you need a little little pass card to get through mm-hmm. and then you have the security desk and you usually have two or three guys at the desk that are you know gun toting security guys if you can get through this and the truth is is that there used to be a time where you could get through that as long as you just wore a suit or if you wore like a button up and a tie and nice shoes, then you could basically get into 80% of all private commercial property in uh, Silicon Valley. In any major tech company, you could get in there just by wearing a nice, by wearing nice clothes. And uh, <laughs> I'll be barred for life. I mean, you know, you and I could do this as a prank. Like, you and I could dress up nice and walk into these places and just, like, you know, go eat some bagels and nobody would bat an eye because they got these big office spaces with a bunch of people in them, you know? Uh, but this is the only level of security, is, is, is my point. So it makes sense that people can, can find ways in. The, uh, we'll continue on here. The, um, the, Informer, uh, I can't remember if this guy was the CEO or not. Uh, Praga Agarwal, um, do you are, does that name that, from, no. sound familiar? I, he does might not. have been the guy that took over after Dorsey, uh, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Oh, uh, you know, I was wondering because Dorsey has been very not present during this whole Elon Musk situation. <laughs> have you noticed that? I mean, would you? <laughs> I mean, I, you, you have a point. No, I wouldn't be. I'd do exactly that. I'd make myself fucking scarce. And I'm impressed that he's done that. Come on, guy. He, this fucking guy, dude. I'm telling you. Dorsey is a really interesting character in the whole pantheon of Silicon Valley. The fact that he he was Twitter for years and years, and then the second that Twitter gets bought up by Elon, they don't even fucking bring him up. 
Like, that's masterful, dude. Yeah, I mean, look at presidential elections, and they'll wheel out any son of a bitch to yeah. talk trash on the current candidates. Oh, of course. They parade them around. It's big business now, for sure. But it's funny that after all this, this conniving and canoodling and, and uh, fraud and, and all these, the Twitter files and all this bullshit, how Twitter in, informed and, and uh, affected the elections, that Dorsey is just conveniently not mentioned. Sorry, he's, he, he retired. He's somewhere else now. Anyway. Uh, so the whistleblower informed Argerwol uh, that there were thousands of failed login attempts to Twitter's engineering system every day. Uh, the CEO did nothing. Uh, they also did not keep backups of employee computers. They used to, but then the system broke, was never fixed, and execs decided this is good enough because it meant that they couldn't comply with regulators. Mm. <laughs> well, you know, the backups have always been broke. That's the way it's always been. That's the way that it's always going to be. That's the, way it's, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. You uh, wouldn't understand. You didn't go to MIT. At the end of 2021, the head of privacy engineering and the chief privacy officer reported accurately to the board that every new employee has access to data that they do not need to have access to for the purpose of their role until we have impl implemented a mature, centrally owned and operated system to manage access to data. Uh, we are at risk of inappropriate access or use of data. Our inability to delete data compounds at risk. Uh, as we retain data that we should not have and which is therefore accessible by people who do not need to have access to this data. Well, what kind of data? Are we talking about accounting data? Are we talking about like source code? Can people go in and, and I mean, what, what do people have access to that really is that much of a liability? I'm, I'm guessing, I'm not sure. I wonder if it's the actual code to Twitter uh, that that in a specific intellectual property, uh, maybe it's emails, uh, users' emails, passwords, um, maybe private information like uh, banking information, perhaps. I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, internal communications, internal communications, private emails would be bad enough. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Twitter does not have licenses for machine learning models it uses in most of its basic products. Uh, quote, unlicensed machine learning materials for core algorithms. In Jan 2022, in the days before he was terminated, the whistleblower learned that Twitter had never acquired proper legal rights to training material used to build Twitter's key machine learning models. The machine learning models at issue were some of the core models running the company's most basic products, uh, like which tweets to show each user. Days oh. before the whistleblower was fired, he learned that Twitter executives had been informed of this glaring deficiency several several times over the past years, but they never took remedial action. Wow. Mm. I mean, harsh, but also vague language. They, somebody discovered something about the algo. I guess so. Why? Tell me. You have to know. Oh, sacred AI. We praise thee. <laughs> Turns out there was no AI all along. It was just douchebags. It never was. Always douche. Always has been. Oh, uh, yeah. So, um, that's. I think that's all we'll cover for this thread. But I, I just, I found that more amusing and of a better entertainment quality than the actual Twitter files themselves. Yes. Which, 
to me, I mean, it's kind of like, is any of this really newsworthy? Is it new? Doesn't sound very new. No. Uh, that was the argument that I made to, to Abel on Rare Encounter, you know. But he, he made a nice point, which I agreed with, which is evidence is evidence. And anything that lends itself to the argument is, is useful and worthy. So, at least, I, you know. I will agree with that, but can you get people to actually look at the evidence? Well, that is the, that's always the big question, isn't it, man? I mean, with everything, with everything that could be considered controversial, that's always the question. Mm-hmm. Are people willing to entertain the thought? And, uh, well. I don't like making generalizations usually, but it feels like more often than not, it's not the case. Or it's actually maybe even worse in the sense that there is a business in doing that. People actually make a living denying the truth and and protecting an institution or an infrastructure that is already in place. That is the history with science, with medicine, with archaeology, with human nature. You are conservative because you know what you know, and you stick with your vices. And when new information comes to light, it takes a long time for people to accept it. And uh, that's just the way things are. If you if you look in the history, you you see that you notice that. <laughs> anyway, I don't know why I went on this rant. Didn't mean to go on a rant there. That's okay. We can. Uh, all we can do is sit back and and. Uh... If you're happy and you know it, then your face will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Dumb cunt. Dumb cunt. <laughs> uh, I had another story sent in by Coffee. Oh? And I'm, I'm legitimately, I'm, well, let's back up here. So we had that story last week of the cocaine bear, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then two episodes before that, we had the, uh... We had the Vampiro wrestling with the Misfits, WWE, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I got something here that combines, not cocaine Coke bears. Coke bear <laughs> and wrestling Misfits? Tell me about it. <laughs> Tell me about it. Uh, but I do have to immediately follow up with, I'm a little disappointed in myself for as many times as I've been to Chicago and how long we would s- typically sit there. We're talking two-week periods. Apparently... There is an arcade bar in Chicago called Logan Arcade where they have an animatronic band called the Beagles that is a Misfits tribute band. Is it in Logan Square? I'm sorry, the Biscuits. The Biscuits is what they're called. The Biscuits. It, uh, here, I got to, because I've, I've been to Chicago. So if it's Logan's Bar, then it must be in Logan Square. Uh, Logan Arcade. Logan Arcade. Logan Arcade. Okay. Logan Square, of course, being located along the blue line of Chicago. Logan Arcade. Uh, it's in Bucktown. Wicker Park, Westtown, Pequods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, I never made... Well, no, that's not true. I want uh, to say... It is, Logan Square is beautiful. I don't know if you've been there. I'm it's looking a, at the map trying to get my bearings. So that's along the way of well, Ukrainian village, all of that. That's along the blue line. It it runs northwest of the loop, which is downtown Chicago. 
and uh, Logan Square in Ukrainian Village that has like a lot of it's very residential and it, it's very like it has some really good food. Some of the best fried chicken I've ever had was in Logan Square at Parsons Parsons Hots. Fucking perfect 2 a.m. drunk food. <laughs> Pequot's Pizza, which is on the other side of the river from there. That's the best deep dish uh, that I found. Uh, if you're willing to do a deep dish pizza, you go to Pequod's there. And that's not far. That's fucking just like basically down the street from this arcade. Logan Arcade. I'm trying to get my bearings still. I don't. When was the last time you went to Chicago? Most of the theater stuff is in the north. Most of it is is, uh, south of Lincoln Park. We would play theater. I've played the Oriental, and I've played the Cadillac Theater. Okay. Um, I need to pull this stuff up earlier. Uh, But I definitely, I don't, I mean, I I probably would have taken some sort of rideshare taxi out there, but I don't think I ever made it that far enough west. It is a little deep. It's uh. It's almost halfway to the airport. But it is a cool part of town. It's where I stayed when I was there for a couple of weeks and I would shuttle all over the place. Yeah, so we were see down at the, the Cadillac Palace, uh just west of Millennial Park. So that would have put us like uh That's in the north. That's yeah. the north of the loop, yeah. North LaSalle and Randolph Streets. Uh and there's a bunch of theaters in that little uh little area, this couple of blocks. Oh, you're right. Actually, you're right there in the loop. You're dead center. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, of course, you're in the... Booberry only plays the finest establishments. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> well, second finest. Uh, there's a lot of... I love them. There's a lot of shitholes out there. Oh, man. <laughs> Chicago is the king of shithole theaters. Yeah, <laughs> they get a nasty habit of burning down. Dude, they got a nasty habit of of sinking into the earth. Yeah, they they have uh, a lot of buildings in the loop are actually on jacks now because I don't know if it has to do with the fact that they're next to the Great Lake or what, but these these buildings will literally sink into the ground inch by inch over the years. It's uh, fascinating, no doubt. Well, the uh, so this. This animatronic band, it's actually mm-hmm. repurposed... Uh, the Crumbs? No, it's uh, it was a group that was repurposed. Uh, their original name was called the Beagles. Uh, they were a can- canine animatronic four-piece that played in side dining rooms of Chuck E. Cheese restaurants in the 80s. Perfect. And they did uh, Beatles parodies. Or, uh, Beatles Chuck E. Cheese started it all. Yeah. <laughs> Did you do Beatles covers? They do Beatles parodies? Yeah. The original Perfect. machines. The did. Beatles. Yeah. But uh, I guess over time, they were definitely rotting away. The The fur was rotted. The the Just everything was dry rot, man. Dry rot will mess your shit up. Yeah. Wear and tear. Uh, but yeah, they ended up uh, procuring the animatronics. They were still in somewhat working uh, condition. They re- refabbed everything, got them working. Uh, and it turns out one of the people that uh, that was working on the project was a huge, his son was a huge Misfits fan. His five-year-old kid is responsible for this. Nice. That's a badass five-year-old. Yeah. The uh, the lead designer, um, uh, Vondel is his last name, had a background in electrical engineering and had done work for Logan's Arcade before. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. 
he ended up uh, making the biscuits his full time job, taking the leave from his current or uh, from his job at the time to work on the quote reanimation. Uh, within a week of hiring, he'd programmed a mis- his first Misfits song into the original animatronics as proof of concept. Uh, but then he decided to deconstruct and re- rewire the band. And uh, there's videos of this in the article. <laughs> you can check it out. It's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I mean, as a as an electrician, that's a fun project to learn how to do all that. Yeah, he's got videos of him controlling the uh, the animatronics with a with a puppet. That's a lot of fun. Cool. And uh, at the time, uh, and they're still posting videos of it online that you can check out. This article was written in 2018, but they say that the they would play at the top of every hour. They play five songs from the Misfits classic catalog. Including Rat Fink, Halloween, She, and a new version <laughs> of Mother, uh, which had dog-focused lyrics. Oh, that's great. Dude, that's how you know that Chicago is still the king of music, as far as American <laughs> cities are concerned. That's badass. Come on, now. Yeah. What other fucking town in this country will do that? Not even New York will do that. Nah, that's man. badass. That's, super, that's fucking awesome. I want to go check it out. I want to go Me check too. it out. I, I think the last time I was in Chicago was 2019, by the way. 2019? Oh, that wasn't too long ago. I know. Last time I was there was 16. It's been a minute. Been a minute. Yeah, it's been a little while. All my friends that used to live there are now gone. All my actor friends. Mm, I had some actor friends there, too. Uh, they, they ain't doing acting no more. No, no. You... You can only take that place for so long, man. I mean, what I found out was with the actor route, you go to Chicago and you, you stick it out for five years. And in five years, if you ain't fucking doing anything, then it ain't happening for you. Yeah. Unless you really stick it out until you stay there until you're like 40. And then you may get a deal or you something. May catch but a break. Yeah. It's rough, man. It's way rough it's and rough it's for, hard it's rough for the stagehands too because you got to be in the union doing apprentice apprenticeships for oh, dude. a long long while i mean this is a local number two local two yeah one, yeah one <laughs> of the most competitive of all for sure you got local one and then number two yeah second city you ever heard of it yeah it's Talk the about, real fucking deal man you got this uh i have this condition uh term slash condition I came up with it. Uh, came up with at the time single digit syndrome. <laughs> Write that down. That's a show title right there. I think it speaks for itself. Oh, that's gorgeous. <laughs> that's fucking great, dude. Yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, uh, the, uh, there's links to the videos in the article included in the show notes. Uh, check it out. It looks like a lot of fun. They could they could use a little work for the for the light show because it's just a lot of flashing white lights and flashing red lights. <laughs> mm. uh, it's it's a little a little harsh. It's kind of like a Virtual Boy. Yeah, yeah. See, comes full circle. Was it the Virtual Boy? It was always the Virtual Boy. You're a Virtual Boy. I'm the Virtual Boy now. I'm a Virtual Boy. Ah. Uh-huh. I want to be a real virtual boy. I want to be a virtual boy. A real virtual. What's this? OnlyFans? There you go. Pull your finger. Oh, gross. 
Disgusting. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Got him. Um, and oh, then, what a dirty town Chicago is. No doubt. Uh, how are we doing on time? I was thinking about doing a quick little excerpt from Man, Myth, and Magic myself. Oh, from uh, one of your classic volumes? Yeah, let me, um, let's see if I have, okay, we got a couple of screen mails. All right, we got, yeah, we can do this. We can do this. Do, uh, do uh, males or, uh, or myths first? I'm going to do the myths first. What are you gonna? What do you got? What uh, do? Are we picking a topic, or you got a topic picked already? Uh, f- number fourteen, number eleven, number sixteen, or number ten? Fourteen, eleven, sixteen, ten. Uh, eleven. Eleven. It is. This one was actually a copy that was at a library because it's got the library barcode on there with the. Uh, uh, oh, it came from the Osseo High School Library. Ah, very based dude i love books from little libraries they're the best r133 dot four dash m a so so i found this one at a goodwill uh so the contents imp incantation incarnation incast incest incubus and succubus india initiation insects interrogation of the dead invisibility iron Iroquois, Irving, Ishtar, Isis, Islam, Italian witchcraft, <laughs> Jack, Jade, Janes. Wait Janus. a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. <laughs> Italian witchcraft? Mm, 1473. Italian witchcraft? Give me a fucking break. I was going to say Iroquois, but Jesus Christ. Italian witchcraft is so specific. Let's oh, this one gets a, a full page spread. Full spread. Very interesting. Oh. Yeah. Um, uh, people in the, uh, I just got to say in the chat, people want in the Chicago meetup to happen. The Chicago meetup's been meaning to happen for a long time. Oh, the big uh, convention type deal? The meetup the of big all one. meetups? The, the meetup of all meetups would happen in Chicago for sure. It's pretty central. But it only happens if Darren O wants it to happen. Yeah, he's kind of leading the charge on that. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta put our faith in Darren O on this one. So Darren O, if you're listening, please consider facilitating the Chicago meetup. You have to do it. All right. Uh, anyway, Italian witchcraft. The witches of Italy were famed as masters <laughs> of their craft. <laughs> <laughs> See, we've pushed the Italian witch button. <laughs> All right. Okay. New fetish acquired. Please can, uh, please actually from the top, if you will. Uh, I, I interrupted you. <laughs> God. Uh, you just got me thinking about something. Um, <laughs> what, can, I, I would like a little bit of just, is there any backstory of this? Or is this just one of those things that like catches you just so off guard that you're like, wow. Wow. I, yeah, it's the latter. Uh, the Italian witchcraft, witches of Italy. I don't know. There's just something about the specificity, I, I think, of just uh, whatever in Italy. Nice. Very- I like car repairs in Italy. I like uh, buying my uh, uh, my sausage in Italy. I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's just something about it. I get it. <laughs> All right. We'll uh, <laughs> take it back from the top, shall we? From the top. 
the witches of Italy were famed as masters of their craft. But why? Why Italy? I mean, okay, sorry. Please continue. Um, the uh, they were heirs to tr- to a tradition which reached back to the time of Romans and Etruscans, which and which still continues today, particularly in Sicily in the south. Ah, Sicilian witchcraft. Now we're getting to it. Yeah. Lagicia, the old religion, is still the title given to both black and white witchcraft in Italy and Sicily. Since these practices have their foundations in the beliefs of the ancient colonizers, the name is highly appropriate. Greek, Etruscan, and Egyptian rites were incorporated into the official Roman religion and astrology. Uh, uh, excuse me. They were incorporated into the original Roman religion. In astrology uh, and divination were employed in imperial policymaking. Yet it is important to understand that pagan authority condemned the dark side of magic just as zealously as the Inquisition of Christian times. Frequently, all sorcerers were driven from Rome, accused of harming the state or emperor with their evil spells. Nocturnal ceremonies to involve the infernal de- uh, deities, the making of wax images, and the tying of knots to cause pain, death, or sexual impotence, and of course the manufacture of poisons employed to speed up the supernatural processes were offerances. Uh, Planned Parenthood. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, these were uh, offenses punished by crucifixion or being thrown to the wild beasts. The Roman poet Horace, among other classical writers, described the feared magical practices in minutes and horrifying details. Uh, Apuleius, a century, second century AD, gave an account of old and ugly crones and their gruesome art in the Golden Ass, a story Ooh. about a young man who has turned into an ass through dabbling in witchcraft. <laughs> the similarity. Witchcraft makes an ass of all of us, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, man, you gotta be careful. That shit would backfire on you. Straight up. Uh, uh, the similarity between their exploits and those revealed under hideous torture during the witchcraft trials some 1400 years later is quite startling. Uh, another one of his works, the Apologia, made a careful distinction Ooh. between harmful and helpful magic. Oh, I like that. The latter, including astrology and uh, conjuration of demons to give the sorcerer advanced knowledge of future events. The Roman witch, therefore, named Strix, Saga, or Valentica, nocturnal bird, wise woman, or night flyer, was the forerunner of the Italian Strega, the peak of whose dreadful persecution endured from the 15th to the 18th century. In the first years of Christianity, all private magical rites were forbidden, and only public argui, E-U-G-U-R-Y, uh, was Augury, yeah. The Austrian Oh, wow. After Christ performed all those miracles with magic, they're like, by the way, no one else can do this anymore. Anyway, continue. Yeah. Uh, the Ostrogoths, who invaded Italy under their oh, leader, my favorite. <laughs> Theodoric in the 5th century, were Aryan Christians. They classified mm-hmm. divination as paganism, and therefore as offerings to be uh, offense to be punished by death. In 500 AD, all sorcerers were driven from Rome. 
When in the following century the Lombards reached Italy, they sold magicians as slaves outside their province, irrespective <sighs> of whether the magic was successful. Nice. The Lombards, by the way, were the proto-Italians. Uh, oh, interesting. They were the the sort of like a native culture that was around during the Roman time and, and was prevalent before it, and then the Roman culture overtook it. So the Lombards were sort of like an exiled culture. At least this is, I could be, this is my simplification of it. But, uh, wow, I like it. I love that music, too. Jesus Christ, it's funky <laughs> shit, baby. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll wrap on this, uh, this little blurb here. Two strands must be distinguished in Italian witchcraft. The wise woman dealing in love and healing potions and their destructive opposites, who told simple fortunes, gathered herb by moonlight and muttered charms, were only to be found in country regions. Although sometimes subjected to village lynch laws, the pastoral witch, on the whole, remained unharmed until the hysterical outbursts against witchcraft provoked by the Inquisition at the beginning of the 15th century. Mm -hmm. Her urban counterpart, associated with the major cities of Rome and Naples, was a more sophisticated exponent of magic, a descendant of the classical sorcerers. Such people studied astrology and divination, and their interests extended to alchemy, medicine, and astronomy in pursuit of a wider knowledge of the universe. Their clients were not an illiterate peasantry, but the educated members of of the ruling class. Interesting. An alternative way of thinking. Who knew? Who could have thunk it? <laughs> Very cool. Very legal. It's always, uh, as they do, it's always interesting for me to see historically how they counter. You have these two opposing forces that are really one and the same. You have what we would call occult knowledge or ancient secret schools. And then on the other side, you have the church, whatever the church may be, the Catholic church, Protestant church, Islam, the Judaic temple, whatever. You have the out and open churches, and then you have the ancient schools. One cannot exist without the other. One is the light and one is the shadow. Which one you consider light and shadow is up to you, up to your preference, but... It's always interesting to see how these sort of dichotomies play against each other throughout history. And in this situation, you have that. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, oh, well, oops. Let me stop that. <laughs> There's a bunch of funky shit going on in the background. A, what's that funky <laughs> shit going on back there? Uh, Cut that funky shit out. Time to celebrate Jesus. Time to celebrate Jesus. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you can do that. <laughs> There's one side that's like reading and writing is good and it will, it will help mankind perpetuate itself. And then the other one is like, man, I sure like getting my dick sucked. <laughs> and those are the, that's the two, that's the duality of man. It is the duality of man. Yes. To, to microwave with door closed or to microwave with door open? <laughs> Will you foil? Will you not foil? That is the question. To foil or not to foil? I think I say foil. To foil. To foil, I say. Uh, let's uh, let's hit a scream mail here. Let's. Hey. Hey. Uh, hey. Oh God, I've got like three minutes. Um, the earthen oven. Um, or clay pizza oven 
whatever. Earthen casserole. Yeah, those are actually the style that's been used for millennia to, uh, you know, heat up and, you know, bake, like I stated, or the the texture had stated, um, yeah, commonly used for breads or topped breads like uh, pizza or whatnot. Anyway, um, the the extensive amount of goats that you guys harvest, I know you probably don't uh, concern yourself with the halal or the Muslim, um, basically kosher um, butchering process. Uh, Jews, they're not uh, kosher. Goats are not kosher. They're cloven hoof animals. They don't uh, partake in goat or deer. Uh, however, the Muslim, uh, Santeria perhaps even, they will partake in halal uh, processed uh, mm. goat. I don't know about deer. Interesting. Anyway, so venison um, doesn't get special my treatment. Goat gambrel uh, that I use um, between two pine trees. Gambrel is the hanging mechanism. You string up their legs and or um, stab through their. Pardon. Um, not stab through. That sounds pretty pretty nasty. Anyway, yeah. So you hang them by uh, inverted to drain the, the blood. So anyway, yeah. Gravity the, is, the a, better, is an ingredient. It'll probably save you guys uh, hundreds of hundreds of dollars or shekels or. Uh, what is it, shit coin? Um, coin bits? Yeah, oh, shit, shit toshis. Shit toshis. Thousands of shit toshis. <laughs> if you start purchasing your goat, instead of going for the, the whole, um, halal, uh, meat processing, which again is the Muslim, uh, meat processing, if you just fucking purchase your goats, at the local flea market, the Hispanic population tends to have quite a few goats at a damn good price. If you're nice. you know, into the goat thing and yeah, you've got the yeah. gambrel set up to do your own harvesting, um, yeah, otherwise, and uh, of course, once you harvested them in a certain area in your yard, the deer will absolutely avoid the uh, smell of blood. But, um, Oh, Kala you got... break it, you buy it. Mm. It's interesting that Collar brings up going to the uh, these markets to to pick up goats. Um, you know when people get married and they hop into the car and the car drives off and there's all those strings with the cans attached? Right. That's kind of how I leave these markets. It allows me to process the goats on the way home. You mean you have them butchered and then you drag the pieces back behind your car? Well, think about it. It tenderizes them. Uh, the heat from the road rash is going to cook them. And you get the local flavor of the natural local dirt and twigs and crime. Yeah. And Use gum. needles. <laughs> yeah. And you get the real, it's a very regional palate. Yeah, it's a real um, earthy flavor. Yeah, you're adding umami to the dish. I see. I see what you're doing. You mm -hmm. have a, a culinary aesthetic that I, you know is above. I, I understand. I get it. Yeah, man. I got culture. I got culture. So, do they sell goat at your at your local farmers market? 
Do, are you asking if I drag them back? Yes. I mean, you don't, not just seeing like, do you sell them to the market? Because we have so much goat around that maybe you, I don't know, might you know, get into the supply I, I business. Was, we would have to, we really got to work on figuring out some way to. Refrigeration? We don't just leave the, because usually at the end of the night, we just leave and we close the door. We leave these goats here to rot. Well, we're going to, we still need to get that forklift. It's on back order still. Uh, hopefully it should be here within the week that would allow us to actually get working on moving these goats. Exactly. So every time someone boosts us, then, then yeah, we, we load a goat. Um, but I mean, honestly, I think if we just dig a deep enough hole, it should, especially in this weather, it should keep outside. That's one of the oldest ways to solve many problems is to just dig a really big hole. The and biggest put, of holes. Yeah, and then big enough to put your problems in, and you put the problem in that hole, and then you bury it. <sighs> oh, goodness. This rabbit hole does not end with meeting Alice. <laughs> damn it. Damn it. Alice, damn it. Damn it, Alice. Damn Where it. are you? <laughs> I know you I went down the rabbit somewhere. hole, and all I got was this T-shirt. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, remember when <laughs> K-holes were a thing? Am I in a fucking K-hole right now? What is going on? <laughs> fucking K-hole? <laughs> K-holes, I hate to tell you, are still a thing. <laughs> Woo. I would not recommend a K-hole for anybody. I'm going to go talk to aliens. A, K- a kale. K- S-R-O-S. Kale? Kale? <laughs> Yes. The power food. The power green. Let's uh let's hit this last screen mail. Let's. I'm not a flat earther. I'm just saying the moon ain't where it used to be. I am moving that some bitch when no one's looking. Do you know why, caller? Because that moon's just a giant satellite dish with little Just a reflection. Just a fucking reflection. <laughs> Look at it. It's just the earth. It Looking is at yourself shadow. in a mirror. Yeah, it's the shadow. Exactly. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. La Luna. La Luna. Think about it. Think about it, dude. You don't even think have to think it. about it. You got a whole building full of scientists. Just tell you what to do. You don't even got to think about it, dude. <laughs> you don't even have to think about that, dude. Uh, oh, I forgot about... Oh, can't load that one. Well, fuck you, then. Well... Fuck you, then. Yeah, I didn't want to play you anyways. We do have a text message. Bitch. Yeah, what, what, what do the text messages say? Uh, all my friends who know, and it's a YouTube link. What is this to? Oh, no. We, we On screen. Computer. Oh, on screen. Looks like we got, a, we got some uh, requests for post-show. Hell, yeah. Let me get that queued up for you. No problem. Not a problem. By the way, thank you, caller, for, for stating the obvious, that the moon does indeed move. <laughs> They're moving that son of a bitch. I don't trust that shit. I trust that shit about as far as I can throw it. You want to know how far I can throw that moon? Not far. I no, I couldn't throw it very far. I not. I tried, man. I ain't put my beard down and everything. I don't gotta do shit. They're already moving that son of a bitch. I'm gonna move down to shit, man. They're already fucking doing it, man. Mm-hmm. Damn straight. What's the? I always try to. So the the Northern Carolina, Southern Carolina, Southern Carolina accent, Northern Carolina. The North Carolinian accent, yes. 
he got a little bite on the back end. Right? You gotta say now, cool. Yeah, that's, uh, it still feels, your particular take at it feels a little Georgia. Georgia? Yeah. It's just the R's. So if you do a little bite on the back end, you gotta put a little R in there. Yeah, that's still like South Carolina, Georgia. The, um, now that you got me thinking about it, I don't know. <laughs> oh, there's someone Diamond Dave does in the meantime. Pooly Steed, Boosty Steed, Alice to the Moon, Moon Emoji via Fountain 7777. Thank you, Pooly. Yes. Thank lay you. it on me, dude. Lay it on your lay on your best Northern Carolinian accent. I mean, this is it's kind of how I talk. You know, I just You have a very neutral accent you don't sound like you're from the south oh that's that's true um hmm. hey, listen. i mean we could attempt playing uh oh here's a here's a documentary voices of north carolina full movie <laughs> oh boy oh boy oh god goodness you know that's gonna be uh that'll be fun i mean i guess you're right i guess you you really did answer my question you you have a north carolinian accent because whatever you, however you talk, it's going to be North Carolinian. Yeah, there is that. There is that. Um, oh God, it's the Outer Banks accents. Uh, we played it when Spaz was on. Um, Spaz definitely had. Both of your parents have an accent. Yes. Uh, let's. I think it's. Uh, oh. Uh, Oh, Servo just put a goat back together. Toe at Taug. Hey, don't let that one get too far. I, I got other plans for it. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll put him in the middle of the line. Okay. Not to the back, but to the middle. It's Sorry, the, uh, the Carolina Brogue is the name of the dialogue. Well, I won't play this whole thing, but let's uh, just check this one out. Because um, I'm curious now. Curious, Caster. What is a ding batter? You're really not a bad person. It's the outsider that comes in and ask and ask you where the lighthouse is, or when he's standing right in front of it. Oh, this is the one that's got a lot of Scottish in it. And says, is this the Atlantic Ocean? <laughs> yeah, it sounds. Time to uh, the four o'clock yeah. ferry leave. <laughs> that's a course sound word. I think. That's what James Barry yeah, said. Uh, I basically uh, seen a lot of on that way, kind of. There are ding batters, and then there are ding batters. Yes. Ding batters. Then there are blank blanks. This is a ding batter. He married a down east down woman. woman. He married a down east woman. woman. He's from Kenosha, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Now, and this is what we consider a ding batter. Yeah. A damn ding batter. I've been here before he was born. It doesn't matter. Ever since I can remember, somebody not from here was called a ding batter. Or a dit dot or a woodser. People not from Woodser. here are called Woodsers, too. Okay, a couple Woodsers, to, too. It's hard to describe. A couple Woodsers, I, too. I feel like the North Carolinian accent, and this one in particular, I mean, this is definitely an, uh, a huge outlier because it's still kind of a, not a remote, but remote enough community of folks where this, uh, yeah, this accent is still going strong. Mm -hmm. um, but I always felt like the North Carolinian accent was a little, like, it had more flight to it it had a little more bounce where more of a flow yeah it, it doesn't have that sort of like heels in the ground drawl 
Yeah, like going yeah, going on down there on the in the river there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got a lot of pull to it, and you got to spend a lot of time making your way through all the words. You yeah. got to just slow yourself down. I've done that as a Californian. I've gone to the south, and people go, "Darling, you need to slow down." <laughs> Where are you Why trying you ta- to get so fast? What you talking that fast for? You just got to slow down a little bit, there, honey. <laughs> like, all right, okay, fuck, jeez, I think whatever. Uh, I think we can wrap up for tonight. Um, we, Let's. We do have a couple of exciting announcements coming up. We uh, we got a series of guest shows. Uh, yes. Making their appearance. Indeed, we do. We have a nice uh, slew of guests coming up here. Uh, next Monday on the nineteenth, we are going to attempt uh, uh, the the full re- uh, reunion with Monty and Malachi, Lavish, and myself. Yes, have the whole BTS crew in the house. Uh, and then after that, uh, on January 2nd, we're going to have the state of the Fetty address. <laughs> this is going to be a, yep. weird, a weird episode, but I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. This is a, I th- this is a good idea on your part. You're going to get, Booberry wanted to get some of the, the big fo- voices of the Fediverse, uh, of the Mastodon sphere, uh, from the shit poster incident in, in, oh God. The shit poster, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? Instance. Instance is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and and, uh, and uh, some more. It'll be a very interesting conversation, I think, with everything that's going on, with all the, the Twitter flight into Mastodon. We're going to get some OGs on it. We're going to talk about it. Yeah. About what's going on. It's going to be uh, uh, Dad and Cool Boy Mew from Dad's Anime Podcast, and then we got uh, Ricky, who's actually the, um, he's the, uh, commander in chief over there at Prometheus.Systems, uh, who set mm. up our Mastodon instance for us. So it'll be, it'll be a full show, but we're definitely looking forward to it. Yes, indeed. And then a little later in January, we, uh, we're going to be having Charlie Robinson on January 23rd. Yes. Charlie Robinson, who, uh, we were doing the battle of the douchebags with a little while ago. Uh, a famous author, the author of the uh, Octopus of, the, of Global Control. The Octopus of Global Control, exactly. It's a big old book of quotes. He's actually got a couple of publications out at this point. He does the uh, Macroaggressions podcast and uh, mm-hmm. Union of the Unwanted. He's actually very active on Twitter, I found, uh, through Macroaggressions. He's uh, constantly engaging and retweeting there, so... It's nice, nice to see him in action there, as I've been on Twitter more often these days. So it'll be great to, to talk to him again. No doubt, we're looking forward to it. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We got some exciting yeah. stuff in the irons in the giant pizza oven. In the big was it the cob style pizza oven. Yeah, the cob oven. The cob oven. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're gonna get uh, some more people on too soon, and of course, if anybody has any suggestions, you're always welcome to. Email us at boo at behind the schemes or lavish at behind the schemes.com. Send us an email and uh, let us know if you if there's anybody that you want to have on the show. Always open to suggestions. That's the beauty of a value for value production. Yes. And we'll be back at it next Monday, 630 uh, Pacific, 730 Central. Uh, I'm sorry. What? 530 <laughs> Pacific, baby. 
Six thirty Mountain Time, seven thirty Central. That's not right. Wait, that's not right at all. Five, six, seven, eight. Five Ooh, o'clock, five thirty Pacific, six thirty Central, seven thirty Central. That's six thirty Mountain this, Time. This, none of this is right. None of this is good. Well, we're at least live every Monday, so just come on down. Yeah, every Monday night. Ah, get it. Um, every single Monday night, we do every show live. You can uh, be in our chat room. Uh, we like to chat with those who are hanging out in our in our green room. You can go to hashtag green room at irc.zeronode.net. Uh, you can go to our website, behindtheschemes.com. You can go there. You can find the chat. You can find the live feed. You can find our show notes. Please check out our show notes, zososcorner.substack.com. That's Z-O-S-O-S, corner.substack.com. Uh, where you'll find everything that we've talked about referenced, uh, listed out, visual aids, graphics, and, of course, all our beautiful producers, uh, without which we wouldn't uh, exist because, again, we're value for value, which means we don't have ads, we don't have reads, we don't have any bullshit, we don't have any censoring of any kind. We're beholden to nobody but you, you, my friend. Yeah, take all your clothes off and go to nudepodcastapps.com and check out something that's not Spotify. Exactly. Break away from this terrible, terrible uh, oligarchy. Yeah. Invest yourself in real life. Yeah. 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 We're going to do it in a Trans Am, too. Oh, you're going (laughs) to blow a tranny? (laughs) Bring me every tranny. Bring me a tranny. Now. Bring me a curse. Give me a tranny. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think. Uh, I don't think that's appropriate. We can say it. We can do it. We can do anything we want. The world is our hoister. Is that a tranny leaking? Oh God, it is. God damn it! Better blow on it. <laughs> Dirty. Filthy. Dirty, filthy, stinking rich. Disgusting, brutal, brutal. Yeah. Whoever knew it was going to be this easy? It's so fucking easy. And Sir Candanavian, I did see your message earlier. I just now thought about it. But I I will show you the ways that you can boost. Sir Candanavian. Yeah, we'll get this figured out. Oh, Sir Candy, we got to... Yeah, yeah. What is... Hit us up. Oh, I, I gotta go find something to hit. I've been Booberry, Black Knight of the Mothman. Yeah, and I'm gonna go and find something to hit myself. I've been Sir Lavish. See you next time, Biatch. Boost me all night long. Boy, you are the angel of death. Clown terrorism, dog. It's no good. My brain isn't fucking working. I'm, I'm just um, suspicious. With a lavish welcome. What's happening? No, we can't have that. This is the who's who of the shady group people that meet and do group things for the groups. Yes, our fearless leader, our one and only, Beelzebub Lazarus. This is Behind the Schemes, the Esoterica 
of your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. All right, there it is.